on today's show. Six years to be exact. Wow. David Crosby. We welcome back a music legend. Almost cut my hair. Singer, songwriter, musician, and icon. David Crosby. Why do I love the album Four Way Street so much? That is the most awesome. I thought album. I was awesome. You were. I, I think the rest of the guys were kind of adequate. <laughs> David Crosby will be with us. I like the Cros. I know uh, that band uh, is having their interstitial battles, but uh, they. Uh, I love David Crosby. Well, you love all of them, don't you? What's that word, Robin? Interstitial. Interstitial battles. Interstitial battles. Heyo! Come on, Fred. Heyo! There you go. Where are you? Come out with you. There he goes. Fred Norris, everybody. Hey now. Everybody loves Fred. The dozen toes. Yeah. Hey now, Fred Norris. As well as they should. So much to get to this morning. I have a lot to get to. I, I'm looking over. Well, many of you have written us. I want to get to that, of course. I, I see that... Um, Oh, this is fun. I have a lot of things to get to. Yeah. I especially want to get to uh, this Pride Month because uh, Pride Month has stirred up all the religious freaks. I I love that, you know, we live on a planet with other human beings and it's all for nothing because you die. And uh, this is all just a, uh, listen, this is all just a weird thing. We're in the middle of space. There's no other planets that have populations. We're alone in the universe, and through some freakish situation, life formed a beautiful planet. I mean, gosh, you look around even just our country, the beauty of our country, Oregon. Oh, my God, gorgeous. Um, Idaho. I was, uh, I discovered last night that Idaho is absolutely beautiful. Beautiful place in the country. I mean, really just some beautiful spots. wonders everywhere. Right. But uh, it's all it's all sort of an accident. And then you die and you don't go anywhere. Like, that's it. It's over. We were given well, that's life. That's why, part of it. 
<laughs> but that's why life is the greatest gift, because this is it. I mean, we, we, we all who are here right now ended up here in some freakish way. Um, there were a million different opportunities for us not to be here, and yet we're here, and we take for granted every day the sun comes up and we live on this planet. The whole thing is just all balanced on a, on a string and a prayer. And it's crazy. And, uh, you know, here we are. We got one shot at life. And some of us, for whatever reason, are born loving people who have the same genitalia. This is it. You know, you don't know why. You, don't, you know, people speculate. They, it, 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 or it's irrelevant. right or wrong. Who cares? Right. It I mean, doesn't it's matter. not hurting anybody. There are people on the planet for example, who have vaginas, and they love other people with vaginas. That's it. And these religious people... You will never who, re- expect, you know, or or love a vagina the way they do. Right. <laughs> I'm a guy, I love vagina, but I know I don't love them half as much as uh, other women sometimes do. They really know what they're doing. But my point is, then you have religious people who are so freaked out by this whole experiment called Earth and life... They're so scared that they, they need to cling to a bunch of writings that were written by people thousands of years ago that set up rules. And when they read it, they read something like, man shall not lay down with another man. Now, a man wrote this who was probably homophobic, not probably, who was homophobic and uptight about all this. And, uh, you know, they, they've based their whole lives around these scriptures. And so when these people who love penis, who have a penis somehow expressed that they love a penis one month out of the year, um, these religious people go berserk. And now, a lot of them can make money going berserk about this. So June is gay yes, pride month. Yes, because there are other people will give you money if you hate people who sleep with people of the same Right. Class. And sometimes <laughs> I absolutely lay awake at night thinking about the absurdity of our universe and our world and the craziness you know, I was reading a story about a guy who was against masks. You know, he doesn't like the masks during COVID. So someone asked him to put on a mask. He gets into a fight with the guy. And then he pulls the other guy's mask down and spits on him and says, now if I have COVID, you have it. Isn't that And so, yeah, isn't that nice? So so he, he was brought to the authorities. The authorities slapped him with charges. They even offered him a plea deal. Two, two years probation. He said, fuck you. I don't need two years probation. I have every right. Blah, 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 blah. I'm an anti-mask. Anti- and he wouldn't take the plea bargain. So the judge gave him 10 years in jail, which is so fantastic because that's what he deserves. Because to me, it's attempted murder. You know, to spit in someone's face is attempted murder during a pandemic. And you don't know how to let act in civil society. You should be locked away. How right. can people live with somebody who's going to erupt and, and spit on them just for wearing a mask? So this is the kind of kookiness we live with and, uh, and live with. And I can't stand other people. My wife again said to me, uh, we have another invitation to go to dinner. I said, listen, enough with, the, enough with the invitations. Maybe you should give her a limit, like once a month we'll go. Right. I went to see another couple Friday night, and I think that opened. I shouldn't have talked about it because it opened up a box of, of, of oh, pain in my life. Oh, everybody's now inviting. Yeah, everybody's inviting. Everyone is very anxious to invite Howard's me. Ready to come out? Yeah, and I'm not. By the way, if you knew me personally, you'd know having me to your home is just a mistake. I'm not fun. 
I'm, 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 I leave immediately as soon as I get there. I eat up and leave, and that's it. And no, it's not you, a great you said experience. You were delightful the other night. See that was I was fine. Thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> what am I going to do? So my wife now is on a roll. So she says uh, this morning, "Oh, guess who invited us?" I said, "I'm not going." <laughs> it starts again. Then another friend of ours' his birthday's coming up. Beth says to me. Oh, let's invite them over for a drink before they... I, I go, no, 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 no. I, I, I say, I'm not going to tell you when somebody's birthday is. If you're going to invite them for no! drinks, I, I say, let's give it a rest. We already, we got away with it. No! We saw my daughter and her boyfriend. We saw uh, this other couple. Uh-huh. I feel good. I can breathe. You still I, can still breathe. <laughs> I can still breathe. I'm happy. Let's, you know, th- you know, you talk about... you. you people say to me, why are you so fucking frightened? You're vaccinated. I was reading about this writer, a former, listen to this, former Dawson's Creek writer dies by suicide due to long-haul COVID-19 symptoms. 50-year-old Heidi Ferrer contracted COVID-19 in April. Now, by the way, if you still haven't gotten the vaccination, after I read this to you, if you don't run out and get vaccinated, then you know what? You're, Wow. You are something else. You are committed. You, you are committed. committed is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. A lot of these anti-vaxxers say, I don't need the vaccine. I have a great immune system. But you're not considering, not only might you not die, you might just be left with debilitating sim- symptoms. This is what this is what happened to this woman. Listen, 50-year-old Heidi Ferrer Contracted COVID-19 in April 2020. By May 2021, she was bedridden, suffering from uncomfortable neurological tremors and constant pain. She was healthy. She was perfectly healthy up until then. Had a great immune system. Great immune system. She too. I had a great immune system. But unfortunately for her, she she didn't have the vaccine. She's survived by her husband and 13-year-old son. A few months ago, uh, Texas... Roadhouse founder and CEO Kent Taylor also killed himself due to COVID-related symptoms, including severe tinnitus, or how do you say it, tinnitus? It's tinnitus or tinnitus. It's both ways. Yeah. If you you can hear about this woman and this guy and still not want the vaccine, I really, truly envy you. I do. It must be amazing to be so dumb that you never worry about anything. That Like, you could hear these two stories about two people who committed suicide because they couldn't take... They were alive after they got COVID, but they couldn't take the results of COVID. Uh, And if you're worried about the possible side effects from the vaccine, which we see there aren't any... I mean, if you're worried about that, how can you not worry about these side effects of getting COVID? But then they go, I don't believe it. I think it's made up by the government to scare us. That's right. It's not real. It's not real. This is the kind of moronic stuff. This is what I talk about with this LGBTQ and people carrying on. Oh, they're gay. They're bad for society. It's insane. Everyone's gone crazy. By the way, did you notice in all these articles now it's died by suicide and not committed suicide that the evidently mental health advocates have been urging the use of the phrase died by suicide the, the thought is that um you're blaming the victim of suicide by saying committed suicide so it's died by suicide this is another one of these things when, that, when, are the are the suicide uh people who died of suicide complaining yes 
Obviously, they are. Obviously, they're insulted. Um, yeah. So, in any case, getting back to this LGBTQ. They, so, this has set off these religious fucks. They've gone out of their mind. Um, the, well, you the, should listen the, up for the newest or uh, uh, the latest, whatever they're going to say after this week, because the first NFL, the active, an active NFL player came out yesterday. Yeah, lovely guy. And I was actually looking at uh, Mary McCormick, who played my wife in private parts. I was looking at her um, uh, Instagram feed and uh, that's her cousin. By the way, just a, a little fact. So we are practically relatives. Uh, wow! To this guy, by marriage, good for him uh, on 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 screen by marriage by film marriage, yeah, <laughs> which is very strong marriage. By the way, <laughs> um, but anyway, just listen to some of these guys, these religious guys, and if it doesn't turn your stomach, there's something wrong with you, Pastor Pastor uh, Pastor Tony Spell of Louisiana did a sermon this month where he described the kind of preachers he doesn't like. It was full of homophobic slurs. He just was on a tirade. Here you go. The world needs to see some manly preachers. There's enough fag, queer, skinny-jeaned, homo-effeminate, <laughs> sissy preachers out there with makeup and mascara on their eyes for the camera. Isn't it about time you get some sweat on your forehead? Isn't it about time you get some dirt under your nails and get some grease on your hands? Isn't it about time you get some blood on your sword? Cursed be the man that keepeth his sword from blood. We need heroes in this hour. Heroes have callous knees. Heroes might get terminated from their jobs. Heroes might get... Guys who blow other guys get callous knees, too. Not, not, not get invited to the family reunion, <laughs> but I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. Yeah. Who's he talking about? I don't know. And what is it about getting grease on you? Why, is it, why are real men why getting is, grease why on Why is it hands? a manly thing to get grease under your nails? No, dirt under your nails and grease on your hands. Oh, and calluses? Yeah. We need preachers with nice pectorals and tight buttocks. And blood on your sword. No skinny God. jeans. What an <laughs> idiot. What a dumb fuck. What is this fact? Pastor Tony Spell was put under house arrest for defying the Louisiana governor's orders on public gatherings of more than 50 people. He accused the government of overreaching and reportedly held services for more than 1,200 people. We're overreaching. We just don't want to die from a pandemic, you fucking dummy. Uh, Who raised him? That's what I want to know, because they made a mess. Tony Spell was arrested in August 2020 for aggravated assault when he allegedly nearly ran over a protester with a bus outside of the church. A bus? Uh, with a bus. So it's kind of overkill, isn't it? Yeah. Carl do. These guys, man. And I, you know, I'm always. But I really these blame guys. their parents. I don't think they can help what a mess they are. The parents screwed them up. I'm always Who amazed that people. I'm always amazed that 1,200 people showed up for this sermon. You know, uh, well, EW have nothing to do, obviously. EW Jackson, a pastor and conservative radio host, believes hate crime laws protect gays who try to seduce straight men. Well, there's a there's a thought right out of the 50s. I think a lot of this hate crime stuff, which was really generated primarily to protect homosexuals from bullying and assaults, I think a lot of that stuff is to protect against when people are improperly approached and may react violently 
Say, for example, some homosexual approaches a man who is heterosexual, touches him the wrong way, does something the wrong way, and the man pushes him or maybe punches him or just responds in an angry way without thinking, <laughs> that then becomes a hate crime. And I think that's well, maybe you ought to, that is a hate crime. Maybe you ought to relax. Why do, why, why do homophobes always think gay people want to fuck them? This guy's like, you know, you could yeah. be out at a bar and a guy can approach you and uh, he could touch your buttocks and uh, touch your penis and rub your nipples. Uh, no. Where's that happening? When is somebody <laughs> coming up and rubbing all over you? I'd be honored if a man was so attracted to me. Not one gay a guy has ever come on to me. You know why? They're not attracted to me. It's upsetting me. I, what about I do not the guys like it. Who are just walking down the street and they get set upon? No, that just because they are effeminate or or speak in a certain way. What about those guys, Mister uh, Minister? Imagine a man uh, coming up to you and uh, looking at you, shaking your hand. Next thing you know, he's licking your balls <laughs> and and taint. Imagine right there in the bar. <laughs> Some of these scenarios, I think they want, they wish would happen to them. It's like, you know, imagine you're there and then all of a sudden a gay man starts touching you and fondling your genitals. And I wouldn't be able to resist, uh, and, even though I'm a heterosexual man. <laughs> and, dr and drinking your cum. So you have to punch them in the face. <laughs> oh, God. I always wonder about the vulnerability of these men. They're just, uh, yeah. Uh, this man started touching me or the man looked at me and he was gay and I started to have feelings. I had to Maybe these pastors shouldn't be showing off their ass and balls so eloquently in their tight jeans. Uh, in a recent sermon, Pastor Greg Locke of Tennessee came right out and said he didn't like Pride Month. He's against it. Real love. He's against pride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you need that for? Real love does not take an entire month of a year. To oh. celebrate something that you know God clearly calls an abomination in the Bible. Yes, yes. I know what the Bible teaches. And the Bible teaches that pride is an abomination. Pride in sin is a double abomination. We have Why raised an yelling? entire generation of people that say, what you need to do is stay out of people's bedrooms. Hey, what they need to do is stay out of our public schools and stay off of Disney and stay off of Nickelodeon and stay off of Kellogg's box, right? I'll tell you what's an uh, abomination. Taking money from people for your preaching. Uh, so I guess the message is you could be gay, but be ashamed. Don't be proud. But I, I love how they're supposed, you know, I, I think they're supposed to be followers of Jesus, right? And Jesus talked a lot about love, but all I hear here is hate. Uh, Pastor Locke continued his sermon claiming gay marriage is just a way for pedophiles to get children. There's another thought right out of the 50s. We knew a long time ago when we gave same-sex marriage, you know, a, a, an unlawful benediction that the Supreme Court didn't have. The, we knew back then it wasn't just going to stop, but didn't they say that? All we want is same-sex. If you would just give us same-sex marriage, we would leave you alone. Say something. It has always been about the children. It has always been about the children. It wasn't about same-sex marriage. It's always been about these pedophiles. It has always been about our kids. Oh, God, how do you go to these services and listen to this shit? What about the straight pedophiles? I was going to say, uh, is that 
strictly a homosexual thing? We don't have any <laughs> heterosexual people after children? Nope. It's impossible. <laughs> this guy confuses me. Milo Yiannopoulos. Yiannopoulos. He's like this um, far-right political commentator who's gay. and But now he's come out and said that he is now an ex-gay. He's now straight. But you know that's How bullshit. How could he be ex-gay? He's ex-gay. <laughs> and now he says there's an interesting side effect to being an ex-gay. Listen to this fucking guy's rap. When I made the announcement that I was leaving that lifestyle behind, it was with an interview with LifeSite News, um, good guys over there. And the first thing that happened, which will make you laugh, but it's true, is dogs stopped barking at me. I am one of those people. You know, everyone's got that friend that dogs always go nuts around. I was always one of those. I know this sounds so stupid, but this is just how I think that God reveals himself to us, right? This is, this is just my experience of it. But dogs don't bark at me anymore, and it happened almost overnight. Now they seem to quite like me, and that sounds like the stupidest <laughs> thing in the world. It does. You're right. I agree with you. It's idiotic. Even though you're saying it, you, and you know how stupid it sounds, you're going to keep saying it. Yeah. Well. Dogs quite like me. Yeah, he's saying when he was gay... <laughs> the, the dogs, dogs were pointing him out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> urf, urf, this guy. Well, dogs, dogs have a sense of smell. They can smell like drugs. They can smell gay. <laughs> they can smell diseases too. That's true. That's right. It turns out all all people who deliver the mail are gay because the dogs bark <laughs> at the them. Poor postman is always yeah, right. getting attacked. Uh, true news: the network Milo appeared on had a COVID outbreak. The main host and some crew members had to be quarantined. Fill-in host Lauren Witzke blamed Milo for the crew catching COVID. Oh, really? Yeah, listen to this. She wasn't buying that he was ex-gay. Listen to this. I don't think it's any coincidence that the True News crew all got deathly ill, got very sick, um, right after they had uh, they brought Milo onto their show and share his platform and his testimony. Milo was somebody who belonged to the darkness. He was already Satan. Satan's, he was Satan's favorite sodomite, wasn't he? So whatever darkness was so agitated by Milo's uh, testimony and his weaponized testimony of the goodness of God and being set free from bondage through Jesus Christ, uh, it had our enemy so agitated that they sent illness to the new, wow. true news crew. This is my opinion. By the way, everybody's got an opinion. They don't have any facts. That sounds like she's she knows something. All I know is she's hot. I I, I looked up her picture to see what she looked like, and it was even more disturbing because she's super hot <laughs> and super dumb. And it's like, well, I don't know what true news. What is true news? Do you true know? News I is mean, the new channel. Is it actually they a give cable you the channel? True news, yeah. And they're able to put that shit on the air and still get sponsors. Look, if that. If they weren't taking it seriously, I would watch that channel. That's an interesting <laughs> channel. You mean she just got on the air and said this guy Milo came on, and because he was uh, the Prince of Darkness, because he used to suck cock, he was uh, devil, the devil's favorite gay. So the devil won and got the True News crew, who was on God's side, got them sick. Wow! He brought the darkness in. Yeah, like they had the door closed to darkness until they opened it for him. If I was single, I would ask her out and fuck the religion out of her. I really would. Boy, she was hot, too. I looked up her picture. And I'm like, she's got to be ugly. She's hot, like a beauty pageant hot. 
Well, I don't even, know where they you find know, them. That woman who who uh, had those round tables. She used to work for CNN. I think she yeah. was really hot. Yeah, hot. I love hot. <laughs> Hot's my thing. I love hot religious women. (laughs) You know what I like? Those hot religious girls. (laughs) Could you imagine how wacky she is at home? Um, I figured out why our crew got COVID. We had this guy Milo on who used to be gay, but he could, you know, he was the top gay, Satan gay. And um, we got punished for it, for having him on, because just because he's ex gay, he used to be dark, but. He's still dark, believe me. Well, why is it that if they are all so light that the darkness came in and just knocked them over? So, it's more, it's not because Milo was gay, it's because he was ex gay and sharing his story and promoting right. Jesus and whatever. And this was Satan, Satan taking revenge on them <laughs> for him sharing his story. I don't know if I agree Are with you. Are you getting that. taken away and up with this stuff, JD? J- JD, I think it's because she's saying. He still has the darkness in him. Once you suck dick, just because you're you're not sucking dick anymore, he's got the darkness in him. And now they're being punished for allowing his dark truth to be on the air. There's no coincidence, <laughs> she said to it. Although what J.D. is no, saying makes more sense in, in its nonsensical way. <laughs> Say it again, J.D., you're right. Milo was on. Excuse me. Milo was on sharing his story and promoting Jesus and uh, Satan was taking revenge on them for him doing this because he right. used to be, you know, Milo and Satan were apparently, you know, one in each other. Oh, that makes so, sense. No, it so doesn't this make was, sense. <laughs> yeah, I like no, that story it's better. stupid movie plot. I like that story better, though. Yeah, <laughs> Satan's pissed off because he lost Milo to, the, yes. to, to God. Yep. But the question is, how could he attack God? God is supposed to be greater than Satan. If no. you listen to everything they say, not always. Robert, it's not supposed to happen unless they've got some weakness in them, too. Remember when you Will are... on our staff got COVID? I think he got COVID because <laughs> Richard licked Sal's balls and Satan was <laughs> mad let at in the darkness, us. yes. You let in the darkness. Remember you are right. when Richard woman, licked Sal's woman... balls? <laughs> you are right. This woman's hot. Uh, yeah. Isn't she hot? Yes. Like, who does she look like, J.D.? I, I mean... I'd like to see her in a bathing suit. Is what I'd like. forget her kooky you belief. You can Google. She kind of, she kind of looks like the the chick on uh, Saturday Night Live. The um, what's her name? The oh god, I can't remember her fucking name. Kristen the girl who plays Wake? like is that who he's no 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 the girl who plays no. like Giuliani and uh, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Yes, she kind of looks like her a little bit. But uh, really, I didn't see that. I mean, well, I don't maybe know. It's I don't know. Still picture. And that's the only celebrity I can think of right now that looks like her. Uh, hmm. But, uh, yeah. She's a real idiot, and I think that's hot. I don't know. Yeah. I Play think, volleyball. I think, like, you could go on a date with her and convince her you're a great guy by just saying some, you know, made-up shit. That, things, yeah. Right. Oh, my I God, I had a dream queue, about a, a, the three horsemen. Oh, yeah, good. I'll blow you. <laughs> uh, Hey. She's so hot, maybe someone fucked her brains out. That's why she's so stupid on TV. Did they bring that brain back? <laughs> Poor yeah. woman's really struggling. She, anyway, she, happy, once called happy, her, she once called herself a flat earther. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's, ready for, she's ripe for any kind of nonsense. 
Yes. Anyway, happy Pride Month, everyone. We still have a long way to go. Lest anyone think that uh, the hate is gone. Well, you, you know, know what once- I always say? When you need to block out a month for something, it means people still don't get that you should leave people alone. So we yeah. have to block out a month to tell everybody, please leave these people alone. By the way, I'm... Uh... <laughs> what? By the way, I'm what? Don't say what. You're embarrassing you. <laughs> You're embarrassing me because you know I have a medical condition. I'm turning into a frog. <laughs> Has the darkness entered your soul? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I uh I I you know, yesterday I was taking a walk with my wife trying to air out my my brain from all the fucking nonsense in this world. But I'm taking a walk and we found ourselves talking about my old buddy who I used to work with, Nick Cannon. Uh, no, oh, when I was really? on, a, yeah, when I was on America's Got Talent for four years, uh, I was very fond of Nick and working with Nick. And you know, we always have Nick on the show whenever he wants to come on. I, I like Nick, and I, and I get in touch with him every once in a while. I, I always uh, either drop him an email or or give him a call. I mean, not that often, but we we talk once in a while. And uh, we, you know, I don't know if you follow Nick Cannon, but. I was amazed because on the Daily Mail, they announced that Nick just had twins. It's his fifth and sixth child with another, you know, he had, first he had twins with Mariah Carey. They got divorced and then he knocked up some woman, uh, a gorgeous, all these women are gorgeous. I don't know whether knocked up. Right, right, right. They had a baby. That's right. Yes, right, right. Thank you, Robin, for that. I'm I'm a little bit uh, uncouth. But Nick... Nick had the baby, and I remember, I think I called Nick to congratulate him about the, the, the third child, and I, you know, I was like, hey, what's going on? You know, you're getting married, what are you doing? No, no, man, it's cool, you know, okay. So, uh, he was very excited, and then uh, there's a um, a fourth child that I think he had, I think, with a different woman. Mm-hmm. I hope I have this right, because it's confusing. Then, then he just had a fifth and sixth child, twins, with another woman who uh, he was very, you know, very excited about, and he, he's very excited. And, and then they announced, while the woman who just gave birth to the twins, there is another woman pregnant, and Nick is having a seventh kid. And I was like... Wow. I, and I said to my wife, maybe I ought to call him and see what's going. First of all, I, I mean, I don't, I mean, I think I remember when I was on America's Got Talent, Nick's dad used to hang out and Nick would tell me, I think, I think Nick's dad had a bunch of kids, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure I remember. I'm not sure about that. I don't remember exactly what that situation was. But I think he's in competition with his dad to see who has the most kids. No, and then, but I, I once said to Nick, I said, after the third one, I said, Nick, man, you really, uh, what's going on with you? You know, he goes, oh, I love kids. I love kids. Well, so get I, married and have a bunch of kids. Well, I feel I'm worried that he's, I'll be honest with you. I'm worried that he's complicating his life. In other words, to have all of these women, unless he's operating it like a harem, like those guys in Utah who marry multiple women. If he's really involved with all these kids and all these women, it's it becomes a very... It Complex takes up a life. lot of time. Yeah, you won't be able to continue doing all these jobs when you've got all these people to handle. But the problem is he's got to keep all these jobs because 
look, <laughs> these kids are expensive. I got three kids. I know. And and uh, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who's divorced. He has one kid, and he says, I got to tell you, I make a good living. Well, Christ almighty, you should see what I'm spending a month. Well, uh, well, with Nick, if all of these kids are with different people, he's got to maintain how many households? That's what I'm like saying. Households, not just, you know, like they're not all living in the same house, are they? He's got to move all these women in with him into under one roof. <laughs> like a like a guy in you know a, a, whatever yeah, you call you look, a polygamist, honey. We gotta economize, so everybody's gonna live together. So now, right now, today he has six children. He's expecting a seventh. The seventh child will be his fourth in less than a year. That's crazy. <laughs> so I said, that's what I'm what, telling you. That is crazy. You feel Nick has lost his mind? Yes, I think that Nick has gotten into one of those crazy head spaces. Because there's this philosophy of some people in certain communities yeah. that they should have as many kids as they possibly can have. Wow. Well, do you think that's why he wears a turban? Like I the think turban? all of it. The turban... And then all of this, like, stuff he got, he was saying on different radio shows. He's been indoctrinated with different people's philosophies. And then he discovers, wait a minute, maybe that's not true. I better not say that. You know, all of this stuff seems to me to be from some kind of weird, uh, unsettled relationship to who he is. Because even the kids' names are weird. He named one of those twins Zillion Air, like the first name is Zillion, and the second name is Air. You think that's weird? Another one is Powerful Queen. Oh, is that right? Yes, and I'm like, well, how do you? What do you call her? Hey, Powerful, powerful Queen. No, Powerful Queen. <laughs> but her or second queen. name is Queen. I call. Well, I they'll probably call, you call her Allen. Well, they're gonna call her Queen. You know that. Stop it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would now, never name anybody powerful queen. But the third thing is that, you know, he keeps talking about, you know, like even the woman who had these twins put out this statement about how the children are going to be raised to speak, you know, their truth just the way their father does. Like there's a philosophy. Somehow this is becoming like a almost religious thing. I, you know, I know Nick a little bit. And do you think it could be that, you know, Nick has health issues and Nick always thinks he's dying and Nick thinks he is not going to well, live he's a long had a time? a lot of brushes, yes. So do you think maybe it's driving him nuts and it's like, you know what, before I leave the earth, I'm going to, I'm going to leave a bunch of children to remember well, me, maybe? There are a lot of people also who think they have the answer. I think right. he's one of those people who thinks he has the answer. So, like, you overpopulate the world with your philosophy, and then your answer gets disseminated throughout the world. It's, well, I mean, you can't have a child named Zillionaire. You know, like, that kid has to go to school someday with other children. Well, you know, I was thinking about the finances of it. You know, sometimes I, I got to be honest, I feel fatherly yeah, toward him. Yeah, not going to be a zillionaire. That's what I'm saying. With all I got to tell you, siblings. I'm not that he's ever looked from from me for advice, but 
I've always felt sort of like, um, I don't know why, he's such a nice guy that I feel fatherly toward him. And I was going to say, you know, the, you got to look at the finances of this. Now, I know you're on a roll right now. He's got the mass Singer on Fox, and, and they're talking about a syndicated daytime talk show that's going to la- launch in the fall. Yeah, but and you know what? Financially. He's really thinking because a daytime talk show, you're supposed to be talking to women. Are these women who are supposed to be watching him in the daytime going to be okay with five baby mamas? Yeah, they don't and care. And four children in one year? I've realized nobody cares about anything. Really? Uh, you know, uh, yeah. You watch some <laughs> of the people on TV. They're all fucked up. And, the, and people watch them. They don't give a they shit. They watch them anyway. Yeah. You know. It's just like, you know, I see Ellen DeGeneres is leaving because everyone's, oh, you're mean. She's mean. She's mean. I, t- I said to her, who gives a fuck if people think you're mean? Who cares? Why would you worry about it? So you're mean. Who gives a shit? <laughs> you're mean. Johnny Carson wasn't the nicest person. Johnny Carson was a <laughs> fucking cunt. I mean, this guy was so mean. He would, he, I told you, his first wife, he had three boys with, uh, with his first wife. He gave her $13,000. No, no, not a year. Not a month. 13, or a year. Not a month. 13,000. That was it. Go off. Boom. Go raise those kids. Good luck. I'm going to Hollywood. Go fuck yourself. And, uh, he was supposedly a prick and he'd get drunk and yell at people and, uh, don't ask. I think he, but wasn't there a story where he pushed somebody at a party? You know, oh, I mean, eh. I don't know. I just know he, yeah, he could go off on people and right. America loved him. Gives a shit. Yeah. They watched him every night. President Kennedy was beloved. He was a misogynist. This guy couldn't keep it in his pay. He was fucking Marilyn Monroe. Then he go fuck the, the one who was married to the mafia guy. I mean, don't ask. He was fucking every minute. Who cares? I mean, what is going on here? I mean, mean. Gives a shit if you mean. Well, I just think Ellen has so much money she doesn't need to be you know if there's any aggravation at all she'll just leave you know bing crosby beat his children that america loved this guy we still listen to white christmas i don't see anybody boycotting it <laughs> uh, boom 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 this is bing crosby your best friend <laughs> but the he was nice to the... everybody but his kids right <laughs> boom 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 i'm nice to everyone but my kids okay bing Mr. Relaxed gives a shit, but I am worried about Nick because he's going to have to pay for all of this. And while he's on a roll right now, you, you know, you got to have some serious money to support all these women who you're not married to. Don't worry. They're going to, and, and when they get married, you're going to be supporting the, the, the wife, the you're going to be supporting too. the husband too. What do you think? He's going to get a job. He's going to go, wait a second. You had a kid with Nick Cannon. Wait till, wait till, wait till, um, Nick's uh, sitting there, and one of these mommies is married now to a guy, and the guy, the guy, the guy's starting a new business, and there's a new jet ski hanging up in the uh, in the in the fucking uh, pictures with his kid. <laughs> Don't ask what's going on there. And maybe his kids too, because if he that wife has some more kids, they still oh, yeah. have to have the the same lifestyle maintained for oh, Nick's yeah. kid. Oh, you could be Nick's going to get the phone call. <laughs> hey, Nick, baby. Oh, hey, baby. What's up? A zillionaire, um, I know you've been generous, but, um, you know, zillionaires, she could use a little extra money. <laughs> but, 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 but doesn't zillionaire just wear, like, sneakers and tight jeans uh, every day, the same thing? What does she need money for? Well, Zillionaire's you know. A, guy, a boy, I think. 
Oh, uh, doesn't Zillionaire, I mean, I don't see him wearing it. I mean, what does he need money for? <laughs> well, you know, Zillionaire needs money for uh, some fun, eh? What? <laughs> Someone, Anna. Someone, Anna? <laughs> Zillionaire needs what? Look, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to bust your balls, but uh, I'm going to go to newspapers and say you're a deadbeat dad if you don't give me some more money for Zillionaire. But I give you plenty of money for Zillionaire, baby. Oh, the headache I'm getting just thinking about these future conversations. Yeah, because that's four or five court cases already. I just think Zillionaire needs a golden crib. After all, he's a prince. You, you said it yourself. We're all kings and queens. And I think Zillionaire should be in a gold-plated crib. <laughs> and one of those really expensive BMW strollers for Zillionaire. Oh, baby, man. And, 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 and AstraZeneca needs braces. No, she doesn't. Powerful queen needs braces. Powerful, I meant powerful queen needs new braces. She just got braces. And, and um, honestly, we're taking a powerful queen on vacation, and I think she should get a private helicopter because we're going upstate New York. So if you could send more money. Oh, man, I just sent you more money. Well, Zillionaire needs a private island to play with his friends. He can't just go out in public. There's paparazzi. Really? Zillionaire's only four and he's got paparazzi? Yes. How's my other kid? Kaiser Permanente needs a new Louis Vuitton rattle. <laughs> Zion. <laughs> Zion. Isn't that where they went in the Matrix? <laughs> You know, Nick, I was thinking, um, Zion loves Taylor Swift. Can you hire her for Zion's birthday party, please? <laughs> Baby, I'm already, I'm doing a talk show and I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not made of gold. But it's Zion's birthday. <laughs> and Zion wants an indoor skydiving room for the guest house. Yikes. But even giving your kids these weird outlandish names, that's an mm. indication of something you think you're missing. We might have to have Nick on, find out what's going on. You know, like I noticed that people who have very low self-esteem give their people, their children royal names. Well, now you're playing psychiatrist. I don't think that's I'm right. just saying I have a no I've noticed that happening. Well. Well, yeah, maybe I can get Nick to come on and explain what's happening in the final. I don't world. know. You know, if I was Nick, I'd I'd be too busy <laughs> managing my life. Imagine he just had twins and there's a woman pregnant with the, the seventh baby. That's right. He had to leave the birth to go to those classes with the next one. So four of his kids are twins. There's two sets of twins. Right. Moroccan right? and Monroe. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> And uh, you got those four. And then in between, there were a couple. Zillionaire and Zion. Yeah. They're, they're Zillionaire. Playing. Is it really Zillionaire and Zion? Yes. Oh. And uh, and then now, who's Queen? That's one of the twins. Powerful Queen is another child from, oh. I think, another woman. Wow. Wow. I got to tell you, he's the talk of show business. I've had a few friends already call me about this and go, what? What they go, what's going on with your guy? That, he's my guy now because I was on America's Guy. He goes, what's going on with your guy? I go, my guy. Mariah called. <laughs> yeah. 
said, what the heck? <laughs> I got to get him on the show. When I send my kids over to Nick's house, who are they going to be with? I might need 12 hours to interview Nick. One for each baby. <laughs> one hour for each baby. Wow. If I'm Monroe, I'm thinking, why is my name just Monroe? Why is the other one powerful queen? <laughs> right? Well, Mariah probably put a stop to right. the, uh, kinds of You men. think, like, Nick wanted to call her powerful queen. Right, she and was she's a powerful queen. I'll go for Monroe. Mariah's but not, not in this household. Right, right. <laughs> anyway. I was thinking Nick could go on Celebrity Family Feud five different oh nights with God. different family members each night. He could play his own family. Right. <laughs> it's Nick Cannon's family versus the other Nick Cannon family. <laughs> that would be the best family feud yeah. ever. <laughs> you know, I tell you, I wish your name was Powerful Queen. It would be so great. <laughs> and I would call you Queen, but your full name would be, you know, Howard That's and Powerful what? Queen. Yeah, I would change my name legally and tell right. you about it. Oh, God. <laughs> I guess I said on the air so much that I love Family Feud that uh, Beth and I got invited on Celebrity Family Feud. Uh, I, did. I did. I turned it down. It would have been funny, though, right? Absolutely. Well, one of the reasons I would never do a game show, unlike you, Robin, who, who you, you fared pretty well on Celebrity Jeopardy. I just don't want to be exposed as an idiot. I mean, I, I know many times I watch uh, Family Feud, regular Family Feud. And I said, God, those people are idiots. Like, they, they don't match, uh, you know, the simplest thing. They, they you know. And, and it, you know, I know I would go on Celebrity Family Feud and draw a blank. Like, the other night I was watching the old Family Feud with Gene Rayburn. Yeah. And the clue was blank O. Blank O. That's blank O. That's the match game. Oh, that's what it was. The match yeah. game I was watching. And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, like, like what would you say? Blank O. Quick. I mean, you got to come up with something. Oh. Blank O. Jello. Yeah. The contestant said Jello. None of the celebrities said Jello. I What's might have said Brillo. Celebrity. I don't know, but I would have said, like, Charles Nelson Riley didn't know anything. And, and, and like, I might have said Brillo, you know, that uh -huh. came to my mind. Okay, but... that's a decent one. And then it turned out to be something completely. It wasn't even Jello. Jello wasn't even up there. It was some Man. other bullshit answer. Yeah. 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 Crazy. So I know I'll go on TV and be embarrassed. Everyone will be like, what an idiot Howard Stern is. We used to think he was pretty smart. But I just think I would choke. Yeah, well, I, have I you, don't... do you try? We should get some of, get no. some of the questions for that final round. No. And we will quiz you and see how no. you do. No. <laughs> See, I play pretty well when I watch uh, Steve Harvey and he's doing it. And like, like Beth's very impressed with me. She goes, "Oh, you just got the number one answer." And then, like, yeah. But we both agree we would choke on TV. But you're, you're like, here with uh, uh, friends. Let's just no. see what no. your real skills are. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, it's horrible. Because the way up. I look at that game, you can usually get the first three answers when you're home. Number four and five are really hard. Yeah, they're out there. It's not, it doesn't even make sense. It's impossible right. to win. It's impossible. So I don't want it. You know, I don't want it. 
how you should go on for just the fun of it. Most of the families wind up looking stupid. I know, because my agent sent over and he said, I, I don't normally buy. My agent has been told to say no to everything. Uh, but once in a while, he'll send me, you know, he goes, I know you, because I knew you'd be curious about this and you'd want to see it. But uh, Celebrity Family Feud wants you on. <laughs> and Beth and I are really dying to do it, but we know it would just turn out poorly and make Who us look stupid. Who would you take with you? That's so funny. Yeah, that's <laughs> so funny. We went through all the family members. I know I'm not taking my parents. <laughs> my mother would panic. I don't understand. Hello. Hello. What are we doing? Hello. Hello. I don't know what to say after all this fucker game. <laughs> My father's so out of it now. It's like, <laughs> like that's all you'd hear. I couldn't take my parents. Probably take the kids. You know, yeah. my kids are smart, so they would probably do well. I don't know because it's uh, not like thank facts. You. It's like matching with other people. I know. Like they're in a shopping mall somewhere asking a hundred people these questions. I wouldn't want to put my kids and stuff on TV. You know, I, I'm pretty low key with that. I see a lot of these celebrities now. They got their kids on everything. Yeah. And I'm not going to mention some names, but man, I'm fucking shocked by it. Everybody with these kids. And I think their hope is that their kids will become celebrities on Instagram and then make a living doing that. But man, I don't want that for my kids. So I was thinking like maybe I'd have my radio family on like Fred would be good. Well, what match. about Beth's brothers? I think they'd be good. They're smart guys, but, um, yeah. you know, again, I don't know that I want to open up that box. You know what I mean? Really? And then because, because then it's like my sister's going to go, why didn't you have me on? <laughs> well, you, you can know. ask Alan. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, you can only bring, if it's me and Beth, you can only bring three more family members with you. You can't right. bring the 57 people with you. <laughs> so you can bring um, Ellen and, and Beth's brothers. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I'm not going on there anyway because I don't want all that. I don't need that. And then I don't want my kids upset that I didn't bring them. It just opens up a can of fucking worms. And then I'll say to my kids, kids, all of a sudden, who are you going to ask? And why do you ask me? And then my kids go, well, gee, it's weird. What do you, you don't want to bring us on TV? I'm trying to protect you. I don't want you. And then if you bring your radio family, your kids would say, who are those people with you? They're not related right. to you. That's not your family. And why is Beth with you? Why is she Thank your you. family? And then, you know, and it's just like. <laughs> Dad, Steve Harvey's talking to you. What do you have to say? Dad? Fred, wake the fuck up. Is Fred sleeping? I think this fucking guy. I finally, you know. <laughs> He's, he plays the sound effects while I'm talking, and then <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. Hey, Dad, uh, Steve Harvey wants to know the answer. What is it? What the fuck is with this guy? <laughs> Kill me. Is he all right? This is some brouhaha. There you go. All right. Chuck, you're on the air. Thank you. Good morning, Howard. How are you? Hey, what's up? Not much. Uh, I heard you talking about the... Uh, all these holy rollers and everything. And my daughter just came out in November uh, as transgender, and she was born a boy. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, things that, you know, as a parent that you go through that I, I don't know if, uh, you know, people are aware of. I'm sure people with transgender kids are, but not all of them take it so easily and i think you know from all the years of listening to you when she came out to me it was where are you for me to accept 
Chuck, where, where are you? Yeah, I mean, there's all kind of noise on the line. What's going on? Oh, okay. I'm in my truck, but let me pull over here. So. Yeah, I want to talk to you, but uh, all right. So, yeah. what is Chuck uh, saying? Chuck is saying that he has a a daughter used to, was born a boy. He's, the, the 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 girl is transgender. She just came out. Yeah, and and parents are yeah. you know struggling with this kind of thing, of course, because you know what? When a young kid says to you, "Listen, I don't think I'm a boy. I'm a girl." Your first inclination is to say, wait a second here. Where, 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 where'd you hear all that? What are you talking about? You know, you get confused and everything. Is that it, Chuck? Yes. And, you know, also it's, um, you know, when they when they tell you something like that, like when, in my case, I just took and told her, um, all right, well, you know, what do you, you know, as long as you're happy, I, I'm, I'm good. But, you know, deep inside you feel sort of like you're losing your kid. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, you know. Right. But, you know, after a couple of days of, you know, processing it and stuff, I, you know, you, you come to the realization that, no, I didn't lose my kid. I just lose, you know, the the person I thought they were. It's still, you know, I, I, it's hard to explain. They're still the same person, but yet just in a... Well, know, I think what you're too, saying you know? is very wise, Chuck. In other words, if you sit there and you try to, um, let's say, fix them, for lack of a better term, what you'll end up doing is having a kid who commits suicide, so you won't have a kid anymore. Because, uh, exactly. you know, I, yeah, I've seen enough of this that I know that uh, these kids need to follow their inclination. And so you wisely haven't lost your kid. You just have uh, a kid who's, uh, listen, what you're doing is fantastic. It's but no, also it's, he's pointing out something, you know, Howard. The parents are going through something, too. Everyone yep. in that family is affected. And I know some parents get ashamed, like it's some kind of reflection on them that they've either been a bad parent or they're too permissive or something's wrong with them genetically. All that shit, man. You got to let go of it. Your kid is something separate well, than mother, you. Yeah. Her, her mother is on a whole different side of the fence. I'm not, I'm not with her mother. You know, we haven't been together in many years, but she hasn't really spoken to her. And my daughter is suicidal at times um you know, and, you know probably about two months ago she called me up um you know ready to just be done with life and it was you know a real scary moment i had to keep her on the phone i got in my truck and headed to her house to you know be with her and you know so now i take and i leave my phone on 24 7 it's you know the ringer's never off and you know just in the back of my head i you know i i just worry that She's not going to call, or if she does call and I miss her call, that, you know, what is really going on in her head? Because it's, you know, it, it's scary. Uh, as a parent, How old is uh, your daughter, you know, uh, Chuck? She is, she is, she'll, well, she's 23. She'll be 24 soon. Right. Um, and she's, she's had a girlfriend her whole life. Um, right up until she came out, she had a girlfriend living with her. Um, and now that she's out, she's, She's went on a couple of dates, um, I'm guessing, with guys and girls, you know, both both ways. So she's still confused as to what her preference is, which, you know, baffles my brain. Like, well, you know, if you're not sure if you want to be with guys or girls, are you sure you're this? But, you know, it's just whatever, you know, is in her. And you say, uh, and you say the mother, the woman you were married to, she uh, is against this and uh, is is making her feel bad about it? 
Yes. Yep. Telling her that something's wrong with her. She lost mm. her child. She feels like she had to. She has to mourn her child. That her child died, and you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, she's a sick it, fuck. It, you ever call her up, and or you don't even bother. Like, do you ever call her up and say, "Hey, why don't you knock it off"? I haven't spoke to her, and I couldn't even tell you how many years. I I think I seen her once, like three years ago. My. Uh, Older son was in, in Korea teaching, and he came back, and he had to stop there for a couple of days, and I went and picked him up. And, uh, you know, that was about – I had about a three-minute conversation with her, but it was before my daughter came out. So since then, you know, she's just she's just not a uh, – I, I don't want to say not normal person, but she's just not a good mother. <laughs> now imagine, imagine what your daughter went through being told by this woman her whole life that there was something wrong with her and I've lost my child. You imagine, no wonder your daughter wants to commit suicide. I mean, because she had to listen to this horse shit her whole life. Yeah, well, you know, and, you know, sadly she doesn't, you know, uh, their mother doesn't really have a relationship with um, either her or my son. Uh, My son stopped speaking to her probably about two months ago over, over political things or political beliefs and because uh, she's like a big Trump supporter, the mother. Of course she and, is. Uh, of course she is because she's an idiot. Yeah. And she just, you know, she she just doesn't have uh, any bearings, but she was never a good mother, you know, growing up and, you know, part of yeah. our Well, let's of our forget about her. You know I mean? And is your daughter um, talking to someone? She does. She goes to uh, therapy now. Um, I mean, it's all online, of course, with the um, you know COVID and everything. Right. And um, so she does. She does do therapy online. Um, I told her she should do it more than once a week. I told her she should do you know at least twice a week to really get things off her chest. But you know, um, whatever she takes and asks of me, I just try to do for her and, and support her because I'd rather have her here on this earth as a as a female than have to bury her. It just. I'm uh, with you, pal. Yeah. You're the, you got it together, have, Chuck. Have a, yeah. You've got it together. That, that ended his life. So, I've had, you know, I, I've seen drama, and I, I've seen my brother go through the loss of a child, and it's just not anything I could ever imagine myself going through. Um, brother, let me tell you something. Happened. You've got it together. God bless you. <laughs> so nice to talk to somebody with half a fucking brain. I'm so sick all these psychopaths and religious fucking evangelists taking money from people spreading all this shit. God, I mean, we, we get a short time on the earth. Every, leave everybody alone. Let them do their thing. They're not bothering anybody. Um, yeah, yeah, Chuck, what's your background? What, do you, what kind of work do you do? I'm, I'm a contractor. I do a lot of uh, small additions and um, siding and roofing. and yeah. See, this is an everyday... Contractor. Manly American guy who's got some, a working man who's got some enlightenment. It's refreshing. I'm glad to have spoken to you, Chuck, and you hang in there and tell your daughter the same, okay? I will. Thank you so much, Howard. Have a good day. Right, Chuck. Right, later. Bye, Bob. Poor guy. He's got to sit there and deal with all this shit. I tell you, sometimes Think of the the child and the mother who had a, she had already decided who they were going to be and how they were going to be. And they have no choice in the matter as far as she's concerned. Hmm. Yeah. Thinking I might have to pee. Thinking about taking a break, but you know, it's hard to. No, you can't, you can't do that. It's against nature. Hmm. (laughs) You sit right there and suffer. 
Yeah, sometimes um, sometimes I don't want to go pee because I'm like, I'm kind of rolling along here and I just cross my legs as I do now and I hold it in. <laughs> and that's what I do. Not that's my bad. thing. I retain it. <laughs> I'm the man. Yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, David Crosby, uh, you know, I love this guy. I'm all hung up on Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I happen to believe they're one of the best bands that ever and existed. great songwriters great i mean songs. everything they they did was so poetic and brilliant like that you just have to play that and you already know what the song yeah. is you know great riff everything right and then and then to entangle the entire area and then And then, so anytime I get to talk to one of those guys, I take the opportunity. I always learn something. Did you read that article that uh, Cameron Crowe just did with Joni Mitchell in, in the L.A. Times? No. Too busy. It was very interesting because uh, she was Miss Laurel Canyon, right? Oh, Absolutely. Oh, come on in. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Come on in, pal. Arnold? Is yeah. He hey, Arnold, how are you? Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Oh, my gosh. I'm the biggest David Crosby, Stills, and Nash fan ever. Really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you know, know what's funny about you, Arnold? I never think of you as, like, being into anything pop culture. I just think of you as a guy who goes in the gym, hits the weights every day, and just eats shitloads of protein. You know what Never I mean? Thought I thought about what he listened to. Well, of music. course, you know, that's a part of me. I'm a very muscular, tough guy. But, you know, Crosby, is the, he just, he, he goes straight through me, straight to my soul, you know? Really? <laughs> Tell me. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know this about you. I would be, you know, in the gym and be lifting the weights, doing the inclined dumbbell presses for my chest and then the overhead presses for my shoulders and all of that. And I'd yeah. be listening to songs and I'd just be... It would just, it break me down right there. It'd make it tougher to do the workout. It was a double workout because I would be emotionally, you know, in so much turmoil and also lifting the weights. Wow, it was a great workout. What is your favorite uh, Crosby, Stills & Nash song? Oh, that uh, song, uh, Judy Blue Eyes, that gets me every single time, you know. Really? That, uh, I am yours, you are mine, you are what you are, you make right. it hard. Make it hard. Oh, oh. Something inside is telling me that I've got your secret. Yeah, yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. I listened to I, it all the time. You are a true fan. I'm, uh, da, 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 da. What about... He knows all the words. What are, yeah, you know the words. Yeah, yeah. You know, the one song that, uh, well, it's very sad, but it makes me think of Maria. You know, you don't have to cry in right. the morning. <laughs> Sorry, this is hard for me. When you rise, do you think of me and how you oh. left me crying? You know, this is this is such a beautiful song, you know. That was our band, me and Maria. We would listen to this while we'd be driving down the, the PCH with the convertible. Are you still in love with Maria? Arnold, are you still like are you, when you well, sing you the song, you start to cry. Work hard when you're listening to the, the the songs and the music, and I listen to the David Crosby, and I go, "Shit, did I fuck up everything because of of what I did with that maid? 
I <laughs> you did. You fucked it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could unfuck it. It was so fucked up. Right. What I'm about this song, though? Maria, the mother of my children, you know? What is the song again that uh, reminds you of Maria? You don't have to cry. Yeah. If you if if you sing it now, you would cry. Well, I, I, I'm. It's hard for me, hard because it's all of these emotions. But the thing that gets me out of it is I think about Mildred, the maid. Wow, seduced <laughs> <laughs> me there. Well, the you got seduced. Well, let's. She, it's take, she, she it takes two to tango, Arnold. She what is that? Crosby still. She didn't like Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Mildred, the maid. She preferred <laughs> when Neil Young was on there. You know? Yes. And once he stopped, she was well, like, forget it. And, you know, that's... All right. I don't want to... Listen, I don't want to go on and on about this, but I thought of you as a muscle head. I never knew you were so sensitive. This and I really... This side is really amazing. I love I have it. to I balance it. my testosterone, you know? Estrogen right. is okay, so you got to listen to this stuff, you know? When you listen to Crosby, Stills, and Nash, you release estrogen? <laughs> of course. That's can't the only make, way I can do it. Can't that make your titties big? No. It, listen, crying works out my eye muscles, you know. I would cry for hours at the concert because it's the one muscle I couldn't work out. I the eyes have muscles? Fans. I didn't know that. Yes. Of yes. course. You have to keep them very flexible and very strong because you never know when you have to be like a Venus flytrap and you catch a fly in your eyeball, you know. It's very All right. Important. Listen, I, I want to thank you. And yes, David Crosby will be by. I'm glad you're excited about it. I'm very you. excited. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to play your song. <gasps> oh, no. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Work out those eyes, Arnold. Oh, I'm Forget your eyes. Oh, up, down. Yeah, I'll give you an oh. upbeat one. Here it is. Here's Woodstock. Remember? What? Yeah. Do, do you like this? Because I would think. Yes. You know, you, you're a pretty conservative guy. All that fucking and smoking dope and... You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought maybe yeah. Woodstock would have turned you off. Well, I came up a child of God. He was uh, walking along the road. Yeah, this is a great song. Right, okay. Thanks, Arnold. I'll, I'll yeah. talk to you. Uh, right. Talk to you later. Oh, my goodness. Well, what I was going to tell you about the Joni Mitchell article was Joni is now having these jams. You know, a couple of years ago, she had an aneurysm. Right. And everybody thought, you know, this was it for her. And she has recovered and she's having Joni's jams at her house again. And I'm reading this article. It was like the best night at Largo. Largo. Brandy Carlisle was there. Elton John. Well, Brandy Carlisle. All the people who were there jamming with her. Like that's her hero, Joni Mitchell, Brandy. When you read her book, yes. Brandy Carlisle, she's like she's like in love with uh, Joni Mitchell. It's like she can't believe she got to be friends with Joni Mitchell. Hey, I got to take think a little Charlie break. Puth was there, and they're oh, all sitting God. in Joni's living room because she has a piano and instruments set up in there. And then they mm. all come in and just jam, and Elton's singing with Charlie Puth, and Belinda, uh, you know, uh, she's singing with jo- uh, Joni, and Joni really can't, you know, she doesn't try to sing much anymore, but she did start singing, sort of harmonizing with Brandy when uh, she was singing one of Joni's songs, and uh, yeah, it was like really amazing. I was like, yeah, that's better than Largo on any night. Uh, let's go to Max. Max in New York. What can I do for you? And then I, I've got a bunch of things to play for you. So, so make it quick, Max. Go ahead. 
I will be very quick. I just wanted to let you guys know how much your show helped me come to terms with being gay. Uh, I was like a senior in high school, um, 2012 or 2011, and you guys had Zach Quinto on. And it was like the first time that I ever heard a gay man in the media that like I could really relate to. And it really, it really helped me. I was thinking about it uh, yesterday when Carl Nassib, uh, the NFL player, came out of the closet. Right. So just wanted to thank you guys. Also, I wanted to say that, like, I'm very jealous of this guy that Chris Wilding is parading around on Instagram. Oh, you're Max. You're the guy. Didn't you hook up with Chris, my uh, my writer? I did. I did. Yeah, Chris is one of the writers on our show. He's a great guy. Um, yeah, you had an affair with Chris. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a little affair a couple of years ago. And recently, he's been posting this, like, pretty attractive guy on Instagram. They're, like, they're having Sunday dinners. And I'm, really? I'm honestly, I'm jealous about it. Wait a second. Didn't you break up with Chris? Uh, it was, it's a little more complicated than that. If you ask Chris, that's how he would put it. He would say that, like, I ghosted him, which I strongly object to. Anyway, I thought Chris was in hiding. He was all afraid of COVID. Is he parading around some young thing? That, well, maybe uh, he's gotten vaccinated now. And Chris, what's going on? on? Are, you, so, are you on the loose? <laughs> the juice is loose, baby. The juice is loose. <laughs> I, uh, what's going on? Just give me a quick update because I don't want to spend yeah, no, too much time I, on I, it. I went out. I, yes, I am double vaccinated. I finally took a chance. Uh, this guy I like very much uh, from Columbia was coming into town. Uh, I literally brought him to the apartment. The first thing we did, masked, I tested him. I had like a whole clinic set up in in my apartment, in my kitchen. I did are a you, test. Are you yeah. parading him around on Instagram? You're fucking right I am. He's gorgeous. He's not sort of gorgeous. <laughs> He's gorgeous. But I thought you keep that stuff. Qu in other words, you're so this is your boyfriend. You're parading him around. I and showing him off. Guy, the guy lives in Columbia. He came into town for the weekend. We went to Asbury Park. We had a really, really nice time. You know, he was on the beat. I mean, the guy has a body on him like you couldn't imagine. He was running around. And what happened when he came? Now, you had been in quarantine for over a year. You were very I hadn't careful. Been, I hadn't seen anyone but my immediate family in over a year. I hadn't fucked anyone since February of 2020. So when you got him in the apartment, did you immediately go down on him and start blowing no. him? No. We do, I told you, I rapid tested him. It's 15 minutes, which actually right. is very sexy because you, okay. get to, you, you get to sort of be apart for 15 minutes and not touch each other. Okay. Then after 15 minutes, the test was negative. We whipped off the masks and yes, immediately making out. You went down him. on him first? Absolutely, I did. Look at you. And he's, Boy, you were hungry he's, for it. He's, he's, I mean, he's gorgeous. He's gorgeous. Did he put I it am. in your ass? <laughs> oh no! I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> yes, he did. He did. Max, he you got him me. all wrong. Oh, this guy, this yeah. guy manhandled the shit out of you. Stuck his dick right in your ass. I believe. I don't know how much He's I a, believe this fifteen-minute rapid test. I mean, how many people are are bringing home home rapid tests for people? I am, and I see you on, first of all, this is why you and I would never have worked out together. I saw you through COVID on Instagram. You, you weren't behaving correctly. It's a huge turnoff. Yes, I was. You call, no, you weren't. You're very entitled. I, you weren't behaving correctly. And you calling into the oh show, if God. you want to get back to me, is such a turnoff. It's like such a turnoff. <laughs> I have to tell you, 
Um, I really don't dig it. It. it Do you want to get back with uh, Max? No. Says, uh, no, not after this, especially. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Max, what... do you want to get back with Chris? Uh, I guess I'm a little discouraged right now, but yeah, I would still get back with him. Wow! Did you even know it's Chris's birthday today? You didn't even wish him a happy birthday. Want to oh move. yes, I did. Ask him. That's I a creepy thing, o'clock. Howard. He did. He sent me a text message, <laughs> and then I find out he's on the phone talking to you. It's fucking weird. <laughs> I saw it is I Max. You know this is weird. You know this is desperate. Why did you never give um, your ass to Max? And why did this uh, Colombian boy? Why is he putting his dick in your ass? What's the difference? Ma- I, the Colombian boy asked. Right. He said, "I need to put my dick in your ass." He goes, "I I want to be in your ass." <laughs> Sounds pretty just good like to me. that. Did you just like that? Did you uh prep for anal? Did you do anything special? No, no. That was <laughs> that was problematic, my friend. Uh-oh. What do you mean? He got duty. What do you, what do you mean? What do I mean? He hit <laughs> what do you gold? think happens if you don't prep? <laughs> oh my God! Are you embarrassed? <laughs> yeah, but here's but here's why this guy is an amazing guy, and I really do have feelings for him. Um, he doesn't care. He laughed. He laughed. He laughed when he I rapid it. tested him. He didn't like it. I don't think anyone likes that unless they're very deviant. Wait a but, second. No, he, he put his dick in your ass. <laughs> and then, like, all of a sudden, duty comes flying out? Well, not all of it. So, first of all, this is the second time I've done this ever. And the first right. time was with this guy, too. So, I don't know how it's supposed to feel. To me, it, Robin, maybe you can tell me. To me, it always feels like you're you're shitting. <laughs> Robin. So, this is happening, and I'm going like... I don't know. Is this how it's supposed to feel? And about halfway through, I stopped him. I said, we got to like, we got to check, you know. Did you shit? Did you have to go in the bathroom and take a dump? Afterwards, yeah. Man. I mean, he finished (laughs) before you did that? Do you think, do you, he didn't finish. Do you think, you think that's where the expression fuck the shit out of you came from? From, from, Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I forewarned him. I said, like, you know, I wasn't planning on it. I don't care. I need to be in your ass. I need, I to, need be to be in your ass. Meanwhile, so he sticks his dick. How, how, how quickly do you start to realize things are going south? Um, oh, how quickly? I had a dick in my ass right away. I knew something was very wrong. <laughs> Did he have a rubber on? Was, of course. Right. Well, you think I'm going right. to test him for COVID and then, you know, we're just going to... I don't know. No. So... What do you do with your dick while he's fucking you in the ass? Do you just kind of rub it and stuff? Well, the first time I just, I don't know, it was a total sensory overload. I, I don't know what I did. But, the, but then the next day, he tried it again, and I knew I was I was cleared out. Sure, and, after uh, that first session. I thought you and were a I, cop. All of a sudden, you're a bomb. That's what I, I mean. This guy, this Max. Guy, there's, some, there's something about this guy. This guy, Max, guy, on Robin. the phone didn't know how to handle Chris. Like, with Chris, you just got to <laughs> just take him in the ass. That's it. This guy, that might you be know, right. this guy, he had, he's just something about him. I don't know if it's, if it's the Latin Uh-oh. vibe or the, or the, or the accent or the, but, and he's just a really, he's a great personality. He really yeah, But does. it sounds like he's a real man. Like, he just, like, manhandles you. Like, he just flips you over and starts sticking his dick he, in your yeah. ass. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Well, every morning and every night, like he's turned you into a discussion. bottom. Like he's just like, "Fuck this, you're a bottom now." And he calls. He goes. Uh, he calls my dick my cocina. He goes, "I love. I want to. I want to. I need a cocina in my mouth. I love it. You should have a big cocina, a beautiful big cocina. cocina. Look at your cocina. Yeah, I go. What, what is what's cocina? cocina? He goes. He goes. Your 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 cock. Your cock. 
And he has wow. a big laugh. He goes, ha, 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 ha. He laughs like a dragon. Hey, Chris, hold on a second. Uh, George Takei, I think, is going to be knocking on our door any second. He wants to give us some Yes, George. <laughs> Good morning. You know, morning. I'm listening to all of this, and I have some tips for Chris. Your experience is very interesting. Did you try tickling his tits? You I should did. always tickle uh, tits before anal. Right, wait, I want to get back to this. I want to. I really do want to understand. Four voluminous juices will flow if you don't tickle those tits. Oh, there was juices, George. Don't worry. Oh, so I, I, I mean, I love this sounds. My nipples played with. Yeah, yeah, we know that. But let me let me find out some true facts here. First of all, Max on the phone. Isn't it weird yeah. that uh, you know when you see Chris is turned on by a guy, all of a sudden his whole lifestyle changes. He becomes a bottom. He's you know putty in this guy's hands. You know whatever you did, you played it wrong. And uh, yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, he I don't think there's any. Me. I mean, come on. You're going to marry this, I, uh, Max? You've ghosted him. That's not the right thing. Uh, I I still object to that, but yeah, I I what definitely happened? feel badly about how I ended things with him. The um the Colombian and Chris have both texted "I love you" to each other. This could be oh. a marriage. This could Wait be a, a gay how marriage. How long have you known this guy? So a couple of years now, Robin. Now we've only oh. met a we've only met a handful of times. To be fair, but you're in love with the guy. I I every time we meet up, I my feelings get stronger and stronger. But you and, said I love you to him, so you were in love with him. I mean, I think so. Yeah. Wow. Well, Listen, why would you say I, I, I love you? I could Howard. I could be in love with this microphone if it had abs. It doesn't take a lot, but. <laughs> You're not sure if it's real love. It could I be love. I love you, too. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, let me tell I, you something. I'll tell you why I think it is love. You shit on this guy's dick, and he stuck around. That's love in my book. He laughed. Didn't miss a He's beat. like, oh, ho, oh, oh, ho, oh. ho. Look at all this shit. Did you shit the bed? I mean, like, was it all over the place? Uh, <laughs> no. I, I saw a little. I, I went to check something back there, and, I, and a little bit was on my hand. So that's when I put, a, put the brakes on. Uh, Right. He would have kept going. Probably would have kept oh, smiling yeah. into you. Oh, this is a real man, Howard. This is like... Wow. <laughs> that is a real man. You shit on Mike Ocina. <laughs> <laughs> and you're parading this guy Brad, around on get Instagram. down here and listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about beautiful cock. Cochina. Cochina. <laughs> That's how he said it. Keep going, Chris. This is getting me so turned on. <laughs> First of all, parading around on Instagram is so, it's, mm. it's you know, it's ridiculous. I, I took but one dude, picture of him. I put him out there. Yeah. That is a huge more step. More than that. That is a huge step, man. I mean, He's the fact be, that you're I mean, running around with this guy and parading him around on Instagram. Listen, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to end well. And I'll tell you why. Um, I couldn't even 90 day fiance this guy if I wanted to. I don't have citizenship here. So it's right. not like I can give him that. Um, he has a very good job out there. So he's, he's doing well. He seems to be happy over there. You know, he told me before Max. he left, he said, he said, it, it sounds like and he Chris is saying cry. there's still a chance. Yeah. Max, do you want to say something that try to, cause I got to move on from this. I got some shit to play, but, um, do you want to, I'll give you the opportunity. You got Chris on the phone now here. 
what do you want to say to Chris and try and win him back or whatever? Go ahead. Chris, I, I miss you. I, I could really be a great boyfriend. I really love you. I don't love you. That's, that's too much. I don't love you yet, but I'm really, I'm really into you. And I can make you happy, happier than this. You're guy. into the you, show. You've only you are a met. fan of the show, and I give you access to that, as is evident right now. And that's why you like me. I don't. Max, know how long is that. your cochina? Chris, <laughs> <laughs> how long is my cochina? Yeah. It's very nice. You have a nice body. You have a nice cochina. It's 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 the personality and the smoking, quite frankly. He's this guy oh, smoked the stinkiest smoking. cigarette. It was fucking vile. I'd make out I with him. I felt like I smoked six it. months I, ago. I well, good for you. You should. Ago, and I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Listen, I Max, you're a nice guy. You really are. You, uh, you, you know, but but you guys uh, had sex, show, right? You guys had sex. You and Max. We blew first? each other. All right. It's over. How many times it's did you over. blow this it's been guy? Over for a while. Oh, How many multiple, times? Times. multiple times. Too many to oh, count. Yeah. Right. Too many to count. You smacked wrestling. You should have really tried some anal pile driving. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, come on, let's give him some tips. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, why Coward. did you ghost him? If you liked him, why did you not return his calls? What's wrong with you? I was going through some shit, and honestly, this is... You could have told him that. This is not... Yeah, no, I was embarrassed to tell him that because I was really into him, and I was not in a point in my life where I was comfortable talking about the shit that I was going through. What shit were you going through? I quit drinking um, in on July 29th, 2017, oh. and... Yeah, but I yeah, knew that, was, Max. It was a there rough was... road before that. He knew that, yeah, I. but I was still... He told like, me all of this. So why didn't you yeah. just text him back and say, "Listen, I'm going through some withdrawal symptoms, and uh, I'll, I'll get back to you when I'm when I pull my shit together." Chris would have been cool with that. Honestly, I mean, you know, I was still Chris just doesn't blow any right. guy, uh, despite what other people think. I mean, uh, he yeah. blew you. He shared intimacies with you, and you know, I, I was emotionally stunted because of the years that I was drinking, and I was still mm-hmm. maturing, and I fucked up. I really fucked up. Chris, who has a tastier load, Max on the phone here or the new Colombian? Oh, the Colombian. I mean, the, oh boy, no comment. Uh, this is well, bad, it, that's it. You can't get back together. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, when I met Beth, it didn't matter what I was going through. I was into her, so you got it I, straightened out, did you? If you it, did it quickly, yeah. I had how plenty going when on. I knew when all this like, stuff. How old were you when you met her? You were like in your late forties. Yeah, 45, 46. Way more established than I was. I was still trying to figure out my career and stuff. These are not good excuses. I'm not proud of these excuses, but it's the truth. It's what I was going through. How does Chris know you're, you won't be going through something else and ghost them again? Yeah, I think you're still going through something. Stick with the Colombian, Chris, because Max is, uh, you know, Max well, is not that Well, it's that the Colombian is, 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 a, is a more of a possible prospect than this guy because, I mean, he's well, in Colombia. Can you give Max another date? Maybe you guys will reconnect, or you're just done. You're done with him. I think I'm done. This, I did, this really, with you know, the texting me one minute and then calling into the show the next is is a bit of a turnoff. George, what do you think? Should Chris give Max another chance? You know, uh, maybe he should, but uh, uh, I, I I really think that uh, 
when it comes to Colombians, you might have to uh, stay with uh, with this guy because nothing is tastier than uh, a Colombian with a Central American flair and spicy <laughs> cochina. <laughs> you know, you sort Brad, of laugh like him. I'm getting Brad, turned on, George. Oh my! Well, you see, we have uh, very sensual things in common. <laughs> Brad is uh, part Central American as well. His load tastes like guacamole. <laughs> Brad, come here and let me smoke your cochina. <laughs> I could stop being a smoker too. <laughs> that would be something no, I'll don't never that. give up. <laughs> uh, Chris, if Max hadn't ghosted you, do you think it would have worked out? I don't know. You never really know with these things. But I did like Max a lot, and we, right. we went out for you know a, a good long time. And and um, wait, your Colombian probably. boyfriend is on the phone. He wants to propose to you. Yes, uh, yes, sir. Yes, Arju. I just want to say first off, my countries like mango and passion fruit. And then I have one question for Chris. <laughs> Chris. What, are you, what are you stoned? <laughs> Chris, uh, yes. would, you, would you would you marry yeah. me? Would you uh, marry me? No. I love you so much. No. no. I want you to. I please. I want you to put a big, beautiful ring on my cochina. You come to my villa and make you. You could. You I make you come smoothies. <laughs> please, Chris, 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 in Colombia, if I put shit on your dick, it means we are married. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a fact. Then we've been married for over a week. Wow. I love I love putting my shit on your dick. <laughs> I lick it up, come and shit. I shit on your dick. Stop that. Yeah, you're confused. All right, enough of that. All right, guys, <laughs> listen, Max. Uh, you seem like a nice guy. It's not a love match. Chris has has had it with you. You ghosted Move him, no on. matter. What. Yes. He knew about the drinking. You could have. Uh, you could have uh, texted him back. I guess you should have, but you didn't, and that's it. All right. I hear you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thank, thank you, guys. All right, that's Max. I don't think it's you... going to work out with the Colombian either, though, Howard. You probably I don't. Know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Long so either. Distance. You know what, Max? I think there is hope for you. Just lay low. You guys blew each other. You had a good time. I think Chris might blow you again. I don't know. I think it could happen. That's what I'm thinking. Just wait for the Colombian to go back to Colombia. Right, and then, then, and then Chris. Chris will be all upset, and you could like just be a friend to him, and then just next thing you know, you're in there. Yeah, was, and if you want my were advice, crying when he left. Oh, really? He left. Well, he's he, gone. He started, which I wasn't expecting. I thought like, oh, maybe I'm too into him, but then he went to say goodbye, and he started crying. He's like, you know, life is not fair, and I said, oh fuck! I saw, I started welling up, and I was like, holy mm. shit! I do have feelings for this person. Uh, you know, how long was he here? He was uh, two days. Well, let's hope for a Pride Month miracle, and maybe he'll be able to return very, very soon. This is a real Pride to, Month story. He, he wants to, so we'll see. Uh, would you like consider a... living in Colombia? No. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell I don't you. Even, I don't uh, even want to live back in Canada, Robin. That's too I gotta tell you, third world for me. I got to tell you something. Uh, you know, this Colombian does sound like a good guy. The fact that there was shit all over his dick and he just laughed about it. I mean, I, I think that might be love. I mean, uh, you know, nothing turned him off about Chris, even his duty. And uh, I think it's great. Uh, George, you ever had duty on your penis? 
Yo quiero grande cuchina. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that means, I yeah. am so worked up. I'm going to spray a tsunami of cum all over Brad's face. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> Brad, get down here. I'm Poor Brad. <laughs> uh, let's go to John, who wants to talk about this. Yes, John, you're on the air with Max and George Takei and, of course, Chris Wilding. Go ahead. Hey, now. Hey, Howard. Uh, yeah, so I just hats off to Chris for dicking someone down to the point where they're showing up at his workplace. I mean, just incredible. Right. <laughs> okay, Thank whatever you. that means. All right. Uh, Thank yeah. you. Oh, I, I didn't oh, show up there. Please don't show up at my workplace. Right. <laughs> All right, Max. You take care, pal. Hang in there. Uh, this is quite a what a, quite a quite a story and. Uh, Poor Max wants Chris now. He realizes he wants him, but uh, Chris has moved on to the Colombian. Okay. I'm in a love trust. You're in a love trust. Peace and love. Peace and love. And uh, Chris, you could have a beautiful wedding in the Brambles. Right. (laughs) (laughs) How romantic. Imagine it. That's what I'm going to propose. Glorious. By the way, before uh, I talk to David Crosby, Robin, we love, uh, thank you, Chris. Uh, God bless you. We love uh, messing with tradio shows. You know that. Um, we love making We love making phony phone calls to tradio and they uh, they make it so easy for us. But uh you know, I just wanted to uh, play you this little piece. A lot of uh, a lot of the tradio, this is the, the the radio show. They have these strange complicated rules for calling into their shows. They're dumb rules, but as soon as tradio announces these dumb rules, it's like music to Sal and Richard's ears. Because they love pranking, and they spring into phony phone call immediate action, and they break the rules. And in the past, they've messed with these shows that limited the number of items and phone numbers a caller can give out. And I'm just to refresh your memory because they've done it again. There were new rules given out. Oh, and they, okay. But, but just to give you a walk down uh, memory lane, here, here, here from the past is Rich and Sal. They hear the rules and then they break them. Thank you for participating in Swap and Shop. Please limit to five items or less and only one contact phone number, please. Swap and Shop. Hi, I have 47 items and 93 different contact phone numbers. Uh, you can. <laughs> and let's. Uh, maybe maybe you, you can find something better to do with your life. Uh, we're done for the day. Bye bye. Richard and Stop ruin everything. They also called a show that wouldn't allow, if you remember this one, I'm sure you do, they wouldn't allow chickens to be sold due to a statewide poultry ban. And of course, the right. boys called in to sell chickens. And welcome in. Swap Shop is here. Before we go any further in the program, due to the statewide ban on poultry sales in the state of Georgia, we cannot have any chickens, poultry, roosters, turkey, anything with wings, feathers. Let's not do it. Phone lines are open. Let's go to the phone lines now. Good morning. You're on Swap Shop. Good morning. How are you today? Doing well. I'm selling uh, two uh, medium-sized chickens. All right. We are not allowed to... uh, have chicken sales on Swap Shop this morning. Uh, good morning. You're on the air. Hey, cuz, I, I'm going to buy those chickens. What was the no? No, you're not. Uh, not. We're not playing these games, and you keep calling. It's not going to happen. Good morning. You're on the air. I got a rooster for sale. We're not allowed to sell chickens here on Swap Shop. I don't know how many times I'm going to have to state that here on Swap Shop. Good morning. You're on the air. All right, we are not going to be taking any more phone calls. As uh, as the saying goes, one bad apple ruins the bunch. Right. As the saying goes, 
I mean, I love that guy, and I love when Richard. Rich, this is like like Richard and Sal have nothing to do all day except sit and bother people at swap shops. So there's a new one. They recently found a tradio show with really strict rules about calling and texting. Uh, Sal and Richard immediately started both calling and texting the host. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, chaos ensued. So here it is for your listening pleasure. The most powerful hour in radio. Radio. By the way, I do want to take umbrage with that. The most powerful hour in radio. Isn't that uh, a little strong? False advertising. Okay. I, I, I just wanted to say it. I don't want to be gauche and say we might have the most powerful hour in radio, but... Uh, we just might. Okay. <laughs> the most powerful hour in radio. Radio. Good Tuesday morning. Let's get right to it. Callers can call or text, and very important here, limit one call or text per day. That means you can't do both. You can't text after you call or call after you text or call after you call or text after you text. You get one shot at it. We'll uh, discuss the rules more as we go along. Let's get into some buying, selling, and trading on Tradio. Good morning, caller. You're live and on Tradio. I got a doghouse for sale. I'm just asking $25 for it. I texted it, too. I didn't know if you were going to read that, so I figured I'd just call also. I hope that's okay. It's actually against the rules, but since you're a, sounds like you're a first-time caller, that's okay for today. Now, if you do do it again, I'm going to have to mark you. But uh, anyway. Oh, what does that mean if you mark somebody? Does well, that mean if, I'm if, staying for life? Yeah, I'm going to mark them as a double texter, and I will just uh, I just won't read their stuff. Oh, okay. But if they call, you mark them too? Uh, if I've already, yeah, yeah. If somebody tries to, to do their stuff twice, call and text, yeah, I'm, I'm going to mark them. Because I'll go back and I'll end up reading that text message again. And now that person has been on the show twice. And now everybody else is like, well, I can't, why can't I get on the show twice? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have a great day. God bless you. Thank you God so much. bless. Thank you. You take care. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. That last caller who said he was a first-timer, I sent you a text today, as you could see, for a sewing machine, and he delayed you reading my text, so he should be marked. Well, sir, but you but you just said it yourself, though. You you just said you've already texted in today? What the hell? Something oh. wrong with that? Oh, my goodness, man. The guy's getting mad. I understand, sir, you're taking up time, but you've also texted in, and now you're calling in to complain about another caller, and now you're taking up, you're, you're doing exactly what you're upset about. I just want to make it through this hour and help you guys sell your stuff. I don't want to curse on the radio or none of that stuff, man. I just want to get through this hour. Good morning, caller. You're live and on Tradio. Uh, yeah, hi. I have an item that's way more important than the other items people are selling, so I texted it, and uh, now I'm going to call it in, too. I have a... <laughs> oh, there we go. So now they have lost their texting privileges. All right. Doubled up. Text ban. All right, I got time for a few text messages here. Uh, this person texting, that was pretty rude that you banned somebody from the text line. You just ruined their weekend. I dare you to ban me. Well, let me tell you what. Uh, I say it every time I come back from a break. If you text me and then five minutes later you call me because you don't have enough patience like everybody else, I can't trust you. I just can't do it. So uh, that's just the way it goes. All right. I just chipped my tooth on the microphone. Wow. <laughs> Clear off my face. So now I got a big chip taken out of my tooth from doing Tradio, man. So uh, that's just the way it goes. All right. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Hey, cuz. First things first. How's your tooth? It's been better. It's been better, but we're going to power through. 
will bless you for powering through the pain. Thank you. But anyway, I'm selling a paddle that's perfect Alrighty. for keeping these gosh darn troublemakers in line. All right. <laughs> if they text and call, they're going to get whacked. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about the person with the uh, sewing machine. And I also just texted you this item as well. Hey. Oh, wait a minute. I just broke the rules myself. Yeah, well, pretty much, yeah. I'm going to mark your name down on the text line as someone who doubles oh, up on trade yo. Ouch! I'm whacking myself oh, with the paddle. Oh, I'm what? officially banned. Oh, oh, you can go ahead and cut me off. I'm just, I'm just. We're we're not we're not going to talk discuss the rules anymore for the rest of the show. We're just going to let it go. Wow. Keep it here. More buying, selling, and trading on the way on Tradio. Why do they? I mean, why? I mean, first of all, who's calling into that shit? Uh, it, it, what do they care if they text and they call? What 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 is yeah, with all the rules? Just give over the text if you've already talked to them. Why does that host even give a damn? Who would notice if he read the same item twice? Who's listening that closely? Don't you love when people make rules where they're none needed? <laughs> and then they fool around trying to enforce them, and it's impossible. Richard and Sal upset this guy so much he chipped his tooth on the microphone. I've never heard I know, of that, that before. I know, that was the best. Uh, us professional broadcasters, we never chip our teeth on the microphone. At least he wasn't whistling. You know how sometimes you chip those teeth mm-hmm. and then you start to whistle? <laughs> By the way, we found this statement on the Tradio website and thought it was pretty funny. Prank calls are not tolerated on Tradio. Anyone caught calling into Tradio with silly or ridiculous items will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Reminder to parents, you could be held responsible for the actions of children when they are unattended. So you They know. think Sal and Richard are children, so do we. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and who gets to decide what qualifies as silly or ridiculous <laughs> but what is the full extent of the law have sal and richard felt the full extent of the law i just know people sometimes kill people and they don't even go to jail i don't i don't i'm not sure what they're talking about what do but, you get for calling tradio yeah by the way people do love richard and sal howard this is from the fan feedback i love hearing howard chat with sal and richard they're truly disgusting and absolutely they are an asset to the show the shitting, the jizzing, the drinking, and other family stories are always awesome to hear. It was a beautiful trip down memory lane. Uh, legend is not a word to be used lightly, but in this case, Richard and Sal have earned it. Hearing about how vile the two of them are was great material to eat breakfast, too. Of course, yesterday, Richard and Sal were talking about shitting on uh, airplanes, and it led to a lot of frivolity. Jizzing on airplanes, it was a lot. The best line of the day was when Richard said to Sal, What are you brushing your teeth for? We're on vacation. <laughs> These two are real life Beavis and Butthead. Oblivious, disgusting, and hilarious. Well, isn't that nice? Let's see what else? Oh, everybody loves us busting balls on Ronnie, moving to Vegas, and uh, with the heat. What's the temperature in Vegas today, I wonder? Uh, I went to Vegas for a vacation, and it was unbearable to be outside. The only thing we could do was go from one hotel to another via taxi. It was hell on earth. Keep in mind, we were 50 years younger than Ronnie. Uh, Howard, I visited Vegas and was so turned off by the heat. My wife and I tried sitting by the pool and it lasted for one minute. We couldn't take it. Ronnie's life is about to be like his experiences on airplanes, staring out the window with nothing else to occupy his mind. Uh, Howard, I relocated from Central Florida to Phoenix last March and immediately experienced the hottest summer ever in the history of Phoenix. I left for work at 5 a.m. and the temperature was still 105 degrees. I wanted to punch anyone in the throat that made the statement, but it's dry heat. 
Uh, Ronnie should stay with a local resident for a month to see that living in the desert is different reality than visiting a five-star resort for a week or two. I hope it's true what Ronnie said, that he could already make money on the house he bought in Vegas. Mm. Remember when he told us that, that it's already gone up in value? Right, right. Sell it then. if he stays there for a month, he'll be selling that house before he ever moves into it. Right. This guy has a, there's another guy who has a sex question for Ronnie, but I, I'll have to save it for next time because uh, I know we got, we, we're going to talk to David Crosby about his new album. Yeah, we um, need to delay David to give this guy a sex tip. Maybe I could do it real quick. I'm a recently divorced 48-year-old man. Now that I'm back out there, I realize that I need to start shaving downstairs. Ronnie talks like an expert ball and asshole shaver. Can you ask him <laughs> about his technique? I can't shave my nuts yeah. without cutting myself. And as far as my asshole, I have no idea what's going on back there, and I have no way of seeing where I'm shaving. I'm fucking lost. Help me, Ron. Help me, Ron. Help me, Rhonda. Ronnie, any quick tip on the, for this guy about shaving one's balls and taint? Anything oh, my pussy you can is so smooth. No, no, we're talking about... Oh, actually. All right. Hey, <laughs> Ronnie, what do you say? guy's calling me about that? Yeah. You do shave it, right? Yeah. And do you have a yeah, tip? I'm asking. It's easy. I mean, you know, you, you just make sure you uh, you lather up really good with good, you know, a nice uh, shaving gel. You know. Yeah. And after you do it a few times, like your skin gets used to it. I mean, I've never cut myself. You're completely shaven down there. No, just my balls and ass. You shave your you balls put a and you don't. Razor in your ass. Excuse me? <laughs> you, you heard her. You put a razor in your ass? Oh, yeah, like a, a nice Gillette razor. Yeah. <laughs> motorized. And you don't cut one. it. Oh, a no, motorized. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, the power glide. And do you clean it afterwards? Yeah, no, I use this. I have a separate, I use a separate blade just for, for trimming. So when I shave yeah. my face, it's a different blade. I don't use the same blade for that. Yeah, but I'm saying even the even the the, the blade you use for your asshole. I mean, I mean, yeah, of the, course uh, I clean it, and I'm in hmm. the shower, so it's it's clean, dude. I see. What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't. I don't. Literally, I do not clean my asshole hair. I could care less. Ass treats. Yeah. Well. Or so I when you're like in it. the shower, you just put it back there, and whatever happens, happens. You don't look to see if you're getting everything. What do you feel? Yeah, I mean, you know, you you get you you, you know, if you do it if you do it long enough, I mean, you get used to doing it, man. It's easy. Why are you so angry? I'm not. I'm not angry. It's like you're yelling it out. I mean, just asking. Yeah, well, what are you upset about the high temperatures in Vegas? And, no, and not everyone... at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. You only reading the bad stuff, dude. I know what you, I know what you do. I'm reading whatever they put in front of me here. Yeah, this is what uh, I yeah, got fan well, mail. That's, that's that. Yeah, the fan mail. Read yeah. my fan mail that I get. It, it's yeah, okay. different. Yeah, a lot different. All right, all right. Anyway, moving on. But, all right, yeah. That's that's what you do. I mean, you lather up really good, and and once your your skin gets used to it. You know, and you got to, you know, keep up with it every week. You lather uh, up with an electric razor in your ass? No, you put no, a, not electric razor. It's, it's what is a regular it? blade. Yeah. It's and a you motorized. you stick that in your asshole? No, I don't stick it in my asshole. You just, like, spread your asshole open. You just trim. 
It's not like wow. I, I fucking shave it like I shave my face, like to make sure everything is gone. Ass treats. Why do you do that? Is it because your girlfriend puts the dildos in your ass and you don't want her to see hair, or, and she tongues your ass? No, I just, I just like, I like it clean. Because when you yeah. take a shit and everything, it's, it's when you wipe your ass, it, it comes out a lot cleaner, you know. Mm. <laughs> and and with and in the front, that's a, the same um, electric razor, and you can gel up and yeah. All that. Yeah, okay. yeah. on your balls. Yeah, my balls. on your balls. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see. And that. do you stretch it, Natural the skin, Jesus. or is it you know? Yes, just, yes. Oh, you stretch yes. the skin. They do. You stretch. You stretch the skin so you get. Why does Why does Robin nice have to ask shape. you all these? Why do Rob? Why does Robin have to ask you all these questions? I say to you, how do you do it? And you're like, you just do it, man. And then Robin asks you, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, there's all well, this she's technique. A, she's asking for full details. I'm just you right. Know, I'm, well, I'm, well, this well, is the that, guy. He says, I don't know how to do it. Well, now he knows. Now he knows. Does Stephanie ever shave your asshole for you? No. No, okay. All right, listen. No. I, I'm going to talk to David Crosby. He's got a new album out. He's got a lot more on his mind than shaving his asshole. I don't think Well, maybe, maybe not. Jesus. I, I, I think it's safe to say that Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young never shaved their asshole, but yeah, who well, knows? I, 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 I wouldn't be so sure about that, dude. Yeah, you think that you think... All right, I'll ask David if he ever shaved his asshole. <laughs> all right, okay. thank you. All right, all thank right. you, Ron. All right, Have a good interview, dude. this song i'm so glad david crosby is with us this morning and maybe an appropriate song to play because uh, i was recently uh watching david uh, david good to see you i'm so glad you're here today i love this man so much how are you hey, howard how are you man it's good to see your face good to see you you know i was just playing uh, rain by the beatles i don't know if you were listening but uh you know i was watching this uh show you do where you answer questions for rolling stone and they they put it to you they said what's better the beatles or the rolling stones and and you gave the right answer you said beatles you said they harmonize and also they're the first i mean they really are and they also could all play instruments they could all sing and when i hear a song like rain when the rain comes they and the harmonies so magnificent you were right. It's the Beatles. I love the Stones, but it's the Beatles. You know, I, to me, it's, it doesn't have to be a competition. It, they're com so completely different, right? You know, uh, they give you a different groove, and, and they're going for a completely different thing. But, yeah, I would always pick the Beatles, mostly because of the songwriting and, and the, you know, the singing really incredible. They did a lot of harmony stuff that, that the Stones didn't do and did it really well. Now, mind you, I am a Stones fan, too, though. I love yeah. Isn't it incredible how the music industry became competitive? I mean, like you, you know, it, you even pointed out with Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, the downer was that rather than being collaborative, in many ways you guys were so competitive with each other. And I never can understand that because you guys made such beautiful music together. And then when you point out that you were competitive with one another and sometimes it got in the way. It's something I can't wrap my brain around. Well, it, you it's know. something to learn from, man. Uh, you're right about collaborative and competitive. Collaborative, you know, winds up at a symphony orchestra. Competitive winds up at war. <laughs> uh, but we had both. I think the way to look at it is that the collaborative was what was succeeded. The the real significance in CSNY or any great band is the songs. 
And we did make beautiful songs, really, really excellent ones. Fabulous songs. The, the, the fighting with each other and, uh, and, you know, arguing and, and competition, you know, that, that's not the significant part. That's just that we're all flawed human beings and we let each other down. Um, the the significant part is the songs, and as long as I keep my focus on that, I'm my my picture of CSNY is very clean. I'm I'm very happy with it. We did really good work. I got to tell you what I loved when you guys last year put out the fiftieth uh, anniversary of Deja Vu. I am all over that to this day, uh, because of the outtakes, the, not the outtakes, but even the demos. Like. You know, you could say you guys were competitive with one another, but I see the love there. Like the, the, the most incredible thing to me was listening to the demo of Almost Cut My Hair, a song you wrote. And it was mind blowing to me because when you first conceived that song, Almost Cut My Hair, it was a completely different song. And then you hand it off to Stephen Stills, who comes up with the arrangement on it and makes it a, an entirely different song to me. What a beautiful collaboration. You hand off yeah. to him. You know, he hands off to you. I, I see it as collaborative. It, it is probably one it of is. the most perfect albums ever. It definitely, it definitely ever. is. It's something that I did, you know, bragging how smart I am. I did that repeatedly. I would, I would go to Stephen and say, how do I make this swing? And he, yeah. he, if Stephen ever, you know, had a single talent above all else is that he swings. If he plays one note on the damn guitar, he swings. He can't help it. It's just like built in. I so think he, Stephen he Stills is is one of the most underrated guitar players. I got to play this for my audience. Here's David. This is his original concept for Almost Cut My Hair, which is great to hear in retrospect. And this is what he's talking about. Listen to this. And this is brilliant. But it's a whole different song. Yeah. Love the sound of that guitar, too. Almost cut my hair. Just the other day I got the chills <laughs> Was getting kind of long I could have said it wasn't in my way Oh my god Yeah, I like Wait. it Oh, I love it Where do you cut these demos? In other words, you're not with the band You're do That's you playing guitar that's your concept. I don't know. Some studio, someplace. Uh, you know, I, I should just go in and cut whatever was going through my mind that week. Uh, had a lot of studios that were, uh, that were available to me and I would just go in and cut. Uh, there, uh, there are a lot of tapes like that one. Really? Uh, a lot of them. Uh, but you were the I'm type really of lyricist. That though, Cause it, that's a really expressive, uh, reading of the song. I liked it a lot. But David, you were, uh, the type of lyricist. You didn't write stuff down, right? You were the type of guy who could off the cuff kind of come up with a with a lyric. Mm. The, um, um, well, I didn't right? write stuff down until Joni told me to. 
Right. I told you that story, I think. Didn't I yep. ever tell you that? You did. Was a you told story. me. Yeah. yeah. Johnny said, write that down. I said, write what down? She said, what you just said. I said, what did I just say? She said, see, that's why you need to write it down. Uh, she said, if you don't write it down, it didn't happen. And she was absolutely right. And so now if I get four words in a row, I write them down because they can I look at them later and they start me off on a new song. I've been writing a lot, man, which is kind of it's kind of amazing. Most people peter out towards the end of their lives, you know, and I've done what have I done, man? I've done like five albums in six years. I don't know yeah. even young people doing that. I, I have no idea how I did that. Uh, but the songs are still coming. Partly it's that I write with other people, that I write with my son James, who's, man, did he write a good song for this record. Oh, oh did God. he? I don't know if oh, you heard what I said the record about it. Is the thing called, best song on the record is a thing called I Won't Stay For Long. And after you listen to it, call me. When oh, you get I've done listened crying, to it. When, Let, when, you get, when you listen to it, when you get done crying, call me. So listen to this, David. I talked about this on the air yesterday. I, they sent me an advanced copy of your new album and I'm listening to it. I like to paint. So I'm painting. And so I keep it on, you know? And so like with any album, you got to go through it more than once. So I just had it on all week and I'm listening. And every time I'm listening, this one song stops me cold, like the chills, the whole thing. Like when I hear a great song and I said to my wife, this is the best song on David's new album. Then I get notes on you because you're coming on the show. Sure enough, you say it's the best song on the album. And it I is, said, yeah. it is. It's called I Won't Stay for Long. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's weird. I thought it was because I know after seeing your movie and knowing a lot of stuff about you, you know, you, you've had so many health problems. You're now, you know, I don't know, close to 80 or something. And you always see yourself as a guy running out of time. And I said, this song is about David, but it wasn't about David. Your son wrote it, mm -hmm. and, but it, it, nevertheless, I think it's you talking about the end of life because there's a line in the song where you go, the hell is it? Oh, I don't know if I'm dying or about to be born. And that blew me yeah. away. Well, you know, I am at the end of my life, Howard, and it, it's a very strange thing. And here's what I've come to about it. It's not how much time you got because we really don't know. Uh I, I could have two weeks. I could have 10 years. It's what you do with the time that you do have. And so I'm trying to really spend it well. Whatever each day that I get, I'm very grateful for. And I try to do it making music because I think the world needs music. I think music is a lifting force. Now, he's getting yep. all cosmic on us folks now. Uh, I think music no, is a lifting true. force, and I think that I can make good music and that it, it is a lift, and I think that the human race needs a lift. So, how, is, how, how is your health? Like, uh, I know you suffer from a lot. Surprisingly good, man. It's, I, wow. Nothing's broken yet. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm you waiting know what's funny? pins and needles, you know, but nothing, nothing's broken yet. I can still function. I can still walk and talk and, and uh, do stuff. I am losing my ability to play guitar. That's kind Why? of tough. Got tendonitis in both hands. Pretty hard. So, so what happens when you play? You, you, your, your hands hurt. Well, your fingers get your fingers stop being able to like the see the middle finger there. That one won't won't close all the way or open all the way. It won't open more than that. And they they get uh they have trouble doing the the picking thing. That's my thing. That's what I do. So, you know, I got another year or so of being able to play, and I'm 
I can teach my parts to somebody else if I really want to play that bad. Uh, I can. You I, play I piano, though. Gonna, I don't know if I'm going to play anymore. You think I ought to? Listen, I think it's, you know, it, with you, I feel like it's also you're a storyteller. You're not, it's not necessarily about your guitar prowess. It's not necessarily about any particular note that you hit. It's your whole vibe. It's it, to me, you have to keep going on. And plus, I think it would kill you if you stop making music. It just would. Yeah. And the new album. Probably right. On the new well, album, I'm still you making sound great. records. I got this record, man. I'm so glad you like it because you I love, love music. I love your voice on it. You sound, first of all, I thought there was some trickery involved because you sound like a much younger David Crosby. <laughs> It's really, uh, it, it's almost like when Dylan switched it up with Lay Lady Lay. Like your voice sounds even fuller than I ever heard it on a Crosby, Stills and Nash album. Um, yeah, it sounds great. Here, listen to this song a little bit. I'll play some of it. This is what uh, David is talking about. I won't stay for long. It's very, I played it yesterday. It's, um, it really, uh, it just feels like the, the words of a man who's contemplating the end of life. It makes me want to cry when I listen to it. Me too. You, you nailed me with One, it every time. Two, three. I'm standing on the porch Like it's the edge of a cliff Beyond the grass and gravel Lies a certain abyss And I don't think I will try it today I'm facing a squall life Of a thousand year storm I don't know if I'm dying Or about to be born But I'd like to be with you Wow. Yes, I'd like to be with you today. And I won't stay for long. I've got a place of my own, a little slice. Uh, this, is this is killing me. Makes me want to cry. I'm, I'm kind of crying. He's matured as a writer to the point where he's as good as I am, if not better. This is your son. Imagine how that makes me feel. I, I mean, he's my son. I'm so proud of him in the first place. And that he keeps growing and keeps learning more is just it's the most wonderful feeling. The reason it gets me, too, is because I don't want to lose you. I love you so much. I love your music. I admire you as a musician. And what you stand for, I, I, it's, it's unbearable to hear that song almost, you know. Well, uh, don't, don't let, let it be unbearable, man. Uh People get old and die, and that's how it, that's how it works. And I'm gonna, uh, but in the meantime, I'm gonna have myself a bunch of fun. I guarantee it because I have a PhD in fun, as you well know. <laughs> yes, uh, and I'm going to uh, make some more music because I love doing it. Uh, I I think I have, I know that I'm supposed to, you know, quietly shuffle off into the distance, but <laughs> I'm not gonna. I, I've got two more records planned. You talk about fun. And this is something I've always wanted to ask you about. I, and I don't, I can't even wrap my head around this. You are a true hippie in the sense, when I say the word hippie, I mean it. 
there, it seems like there, like everything in life bothers me. I worry too much. And when I read about your life, I had Drew Barrymore on. You know where I'm going with this. I had Drew Barrymore on recently. And every time she's on, I ask her about this point in her life where she's 14 years old. And she's been emancipated. She's had problems with her family. She's had problems with her mother. She goes to rehab, et cetera. She was a, you know, a troubled kid. And she gets out of rehab and she says, and then I went to live with David Crosby for months. I go, what? What do you mean you went to live with? You're a 14-year-old girl and you well, go to live with, and David Crosby becomes your, your sort of father? Here's How what happened. That? Okay. Here's what happened. We knew her because we were in recovery at that, at that time. We were going to meetings oh, probably three times a week and uh, totally sober, had been for years and would be for years more. And uh, she was uh, in a facility that was run by a friend of ours, somebody that we knew very well. And they said, oh, shit, her insurance is going to run out. We're going to have to kick her out. And she's not ready. She needs a safe place to go. And it can't be with her parents, either one of them. And uh, we talked about it. And we said, well, she could stay with us for a while. Uh, she's a nice kid. And we like her. And so she did. She came and stayed with us for a while. And, you know, uh, we took her to school in the morning and uh, tried to be a good influence. I think we were kind and and loving and uh, it felt good to do, you know, you try to do stuff and you're not sure how it's going to work out. I think that one worked out. I think she became a responsible human being and is a nice person. You know, that's amazingly gracious because as uh, as performers, there's a lot of narcissism in all of us. And, uh -huh. and, and, and for you to put yourself out there, most guys who are rock stars, and I mean more than a rock star, I mean, you're one of the elite wouldn't put themselves out there for this 14-year-old kid. I don't care who she is. I mean, it's a huge She's responsibility. A nice she is a nice She's kid. A really nice kid. She was very appealing, and she wanted to survive, and, and she was willing to work at it. And we, we totally thought it was the right thing to do. But are you so loose that you go, I mean, is, are there rules when uh, David Crosby s steps in and becomes your father? You know, or, or is it kind of like, hey, anything goes, there's no bedtime, you know, you, you know. No, it didn't work like that at all. Uh, we were, you got to remember, this is not me. This is, I go through all these different phases in my life, right? This is not party me back when right. I was doing all the dope. This is me in recovery, going to wow. bed at 10 o'clock uh, and behaving myself. Uh, so I, I was actually a pretty good choice right then. I was. Uh, really concerned with sobriety and really living it very uh, completely. And, uh, you know, not like now. Uh, after I, after I, it stopped snapping at my heels, my hard drug use, uh, I started smoking pot about after about 14 years of being straight. And now I'm definitely pothead hippie. But when I was uh, trying to help her, I was uh, completely straight and, and going to meetings and, you know, behaving myself. And I, I think we were a good influence. David, you got to explain that to me, because when I saw you on the Rolling Stone thing and you were answering questions and you started talking about, hey, yeah, I, I smoke weed. Somebody wrote in a question about edibles and you were answering it and you and you confessed. You said, listen, I now do weed and stuff. I got nervous for you because I, I've never been so, you know, I don't drink or anything. I don't do drugs anymore, but I never had a big problem. So I got I nervous. Right. Yeah, I can tell you. Don't be nervous, man. I'm very, very secure. I. 
you couldn't if you unfolded a paper of cocaine in front of me right now, there'd be a David shaped hole in the wall smoking. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the only thing that that uh, I do is uh, smoke pot. And that's like beer and wine. It's pretty OK. I can handle it. Wow. Um, no, no fear at all. I've, I've been sober from hard drugs now for more than 30 years and there's no going back. When the experts say, listen, addicts are always addicts. There's no such thing as like, that, but here, I'm one of the only ones that beat it, man. And I know exactly, I have its measure. I know exactly what I'm doing. Uh, it's, it's not snapping at my heels anymore. I'll tell you a secret thing. If you want to know, cause you I wouldn't do. know this cause you're not an addict. Addicts, when we try to get straight, we have slip dreams. We have dreams where we slip and do it. And we're trying not to do it, right? Right. Uh, and you have those dreams and they're, they, you wake up and you're shaking and you know, cause you've blown it. Oh, fuck. I blew it. Uh, and, uh, and then you realize it was all in a dream and you're sitting there shaking and sweating and thinking, Oh God, you know, when those dreams stop, which for me took 10 years, 10 years, a year in prison. Okay. One year in mm. Texas prison. And then another nine years of going to meetings and being sober. It took about 10 years before the dream stopped. And I gave it another four years after that before I, I was willing to, to uh, smoke pot. But the key is when the dream stop. That's when it's no longer snapping at your heels. Wow. You know, you bring up prison. I can, I mean, I've heard you talk about prison, but I can't imagine a, a man in your position who is in the, the, one of the most legendary bands in history and one of the, the greatest performing artists. Really, I don't understand the reality of you going to prison. Like, I don't know what that's like on a day to day basis. I understand <laughs> you did a year. A year is a long fucking time. And I know yeah, you said it was hard, but it got me sober. Yes. You said you, you wrote a letter to the judge and said, thank you, judge, because you got me sober. You, you shocked my system and you didn't, uh, you put me away for a year. But what is it like when, I mean, you were in real prison. Do, yeah. I mean, do, are you in fights? Are people beating you up because they're like, hey, fucking rock star, come here. I'm going to kick your ass or give me money. There was I mean, a little bit of that, man, but I'm, see, I'm kind of good with people mostly. And I, uh, Made friends with some big, nasty uh, boys, and uh, and people decided they didn't want to kill me. And right. uh, mostly in there, you're just trying to survive. And I was pretty good at that. Uh, I worked in the mattress factory. <laughs> hmm. Made some of the worst mattresses in history. <laughs> uh, <laughs> guaranteed. Hmm. What do you mean? What do you mean you worked in mattress factory? Were you a factory? bad like, mattress a, a, In that a, Texas prison, we all had jobs, right? Were they, was and, it called uh, the Bad job. Mattress Company? <laughs> the Bad Mattress Company. <laughs> you saw it. You know the one. Yeah, I own one. That's the one. That's yeah. where I work. The Bad Mattress oh. Company. <laughs> what do you mean? You would get up. Your routine was you would, you know, there you are. And by the way, when they first put you in prison, are you going through horrible withdrawals? I mean, because you're not getting yeah. help. I mean, you have Are you to go kidding? cold I was turkey. taking coke and heroin at the same time in a cell. Oh, with nothing. Did you have a Did you have a roommate? No, not well. I did. Yeah, after a while, I did. Mostly, I was in one uh, by myself, and uh, and it was awful, you know. But it got me here, so I don't regret it. You know, you go through would, hard um, stuff in your life, man. I'm I'm still here, and my family's still here, and. Man, 
I'll tell you, that's the one good thing about this COVID thing and, and not being able to work is that my relationship with my family got much better. My relationship with my son got much better because I'm there to pay attention to him. It's absolutely yeah. a wonderful thing. I just can't. When I think back on you being in prison and kicking heroin and cocaine at the same time, and I'm, I'm even yes, imagining man. it's a mess. It's just a mess. I don't think and, about it a lot. I am proud of it. I, I, I give myself that. I am proud of it. I'm one of the few people that survived. And I, yep. I'm here and I'm making music, which is what I'm supposed to be doing and taking do care stay, of my family. Which is what I'm do you stay in touch with David? Do you stay in touch with your cellmate or do you, uh, you've, you've forgotten no. about him? No. No, I don't. Jeez. I wish I could have been your cellmate. That would have been very cool. Uh, yeah, but what were you going to do in prison? <laughs> I mean, yeah. oh, God. Well, that's we would have talked a lot. <laughs> yeah. a lot. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. But, you know, and you don't write music when you're in prison, do you? I did, yes. You Once were able a week, to. we would get to go out to a concrete block building uh, outside of the cell block, and uh, there were some guitars and drums and stuff that people had donated, and I would get to have a guitar and put in a weird tuning and mess with it. And after I'd been sober for a while, I wrote a song called uh, Compass in there. And yes. I realized that I was going to be able to write again and then it was going to come back. And it was such a lift, man. You couldn't believe it. I didn't care about the bad food anymore. I was so happy to be able to do that. Compass. This is what you wrote in prison. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you hear this, does it take you right back to when you wrote it? Takes me more back to Neil's barn where I recorded it. Wow. It was fun. We were having a very good time. I have wasted ten years in a blindfold. You recorded it. What is that? I like my voice. Ten yeah. Voice sounded good. I like your voice too. Do you have problems? Do you do you sit there sometimes and do a recording or listen back to uh, any any album that you've done? Do you ever listen back and go, "I fucked that up. I shouldn't. I, I don't sound good there." Mm, not in the last. No, not not in in recent memory. I maybe back when we was doing the the Crosby Nash records, but not in the in the ones that I, I've put out the solo records these last four or five. Well, five now. Uh, I I I really like how my voice sounds. I like how we're recording it. You know, we're trying very hard to be as real and uh, as personal as we can. And I, I think we're making it. Both of my producers, my son James and Michael League in the other band, the Lighthouse band, both of them have done a really, really good job with my voice. Yeah, I think we, um, yeah, I was shocked on the uh, new album, how good you sounded. But only shocked because of age. I always think that when your voice you know, it's hard to maintain the timber and the and the sound. Well, we know a dozen people that we can think of, you and I, uh, whose voices are not as good anymore. That's right. And uh, and for whom it's, you know, you listen to them and you know how good they were, and it's kind of sad. I don't know why my voice is as good as it is. I did everything wrong. Right. <laughs> I know. But uh, here I but here I am. You know, and Howard, the thing to do is concentrate on the fact that I can sing. And be happy about it and, and and use it for good purpose. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make more records. I'm, I've got this one ready to come out. And I'm, I've got two more that I'm thinking that we're writing songs for. So one with each band.
what's going on? I mean, I, I feel bad that, you know, this whole relationship with you guys, I'm talking about, uh, you know, uh, Stills and Nash and Young. And um, I don't know. Can't they have some compassion? All right. I know you've said that. I know what the, I know the whole past history with uh, why each of you are not talking to one another. Those three are talking to each other. They're not talking to you. It just seems, well, you know, it's, it's time Nash to let go. That in that it was kind of snotty. I, I they said, well, we talked to each other, but none of us talked to him, which is not true. I do talk to Stephen. Uh, you do. Neil's yeah. Neil's got a a, a legitimate beef because uh, I I dissed his girlfriend. I get it. That's okay. Yeah. I, right. I, I'm not I'm not really upset about it. I I, I apologize for it um, with you. Uh, you yep. helped me do that. That was very kind of you. Uh, Nash is kind of. Uh, seems to think that I'm responsible for everything wrong since the Korean War, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is weird, but that's okay. Uh, whatever makes him happy. Uh, Stills, I got a lot of hero worship for Stills, man. He was the, the best guy in the band. He's he, the best guitar player, the best singer, and wrote all the hits and was, you know, stunning on stage. Just stunning, yeah. man. Every time the guy touches a guitar, everything swings right away. He's just yep. amazing. Do you know that first solo album he put out? What was in that? Was what was that song? Blackbird that he did, not Black uh, Black Queen or something. Black Queen. Uh, the guitar work on that. I mean, it, it, it really oh, killer. Amazing man. Yeah, he's he's quite quite a talent. I Miss. I have no beef with any of them, man. I hope they're all okay. Uh, I want them to be, you know, happy. I I am. A little surprised that that uh, they're not, you know, putting out music. But I don't know. Whatever I don't they're think doing, I hope they're happy. I'm surprised that Graham and you. I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you guys are almost brothers. You know, I'm talking. Well, about I did you and too, Graham. man. I, it came as a kind of a shock to me, but but he's very unfriendly and he's staying that way. So that's yeah. okay. I have you I reached out? Huh? Have you no, reached no. out? You won't. Uh -uh, no, man, I'm I'm busy. <laughs> no, I know. In two bands, you got to understand. I'm in two bands and making music that I love. I don't want to be involved in another psychodrama. I don't. I that all of that drama stuff, man, is just a pain in the butt, and it doesn't make music. Here's what I worry about, because you know, I know. I you know, I once asked Paul McCartney. I said, "Weren't you in love with John Lennon?" And he got uncomfortable with that. I sensed that he was like, yeah, no, no, John's a good mate and everything. But I'm, I'm, I think if I said to you, the greatest loves of your life were those three guys, particularly Stephen and Graham. And I mean, in love, you guys made beautiful music together and you really care about each other at the end of the day. And what I worry about as we all approach the end of our lives here, as we get older, it would be really sad if one of you went and, and, and there wasn't some sort of reconciliation. I don't I think it's it. in the cards. I, I haven't sensed it from any, uh, either of those guys. And I've really truthfully, man, my head is in today. My head is in what I'm doing. I love that. I love it. I really yeah, no. do love it. I lo this record, man, you listen to that record. There's nothing lacking there. There's no hole in that record. I don't I agree need with you. somebody else to make this music. And so I, I'm okay with, with the situation being the way it is uh, because I can't change anybody else. I mean, the only behavior I can change is mine. 
and I've adjusted mine to be, you know, the best I can make it be. Uh, so that's really all I can do. And I, I, I don't really concern myself with them very much at all, uh, frankly. You know, I was no thinking insult, about it. you know or anything, but I just don't. I don't. I don't care, and I don't think about it. I think it's healthy that you don't. I mean, if you were hung up on that, you couldn't make new music. You'd be sitting there waiting for Stephen to show up. That's and how start I see it. Yeah, I, yeah, I see yeah. the same way you do. Yeah, I don't know. I just find I. I just feel like I have. I know I, I, what listen. you're saying, man. We had a great friendship, and you wish that there was some kind of re- resolution. But it's not. It's not in the cards, man. It's so. There's no point in torturing myself about it. I, I right. want to get on with today and get on with the, what I'm doing now. And the scenario I cope because I'm dark. Uh, God forbid, but Graham suddenly dies. Could you go to the funeral? You would feel awkward going. And how could you not be there? You would have to be there. This guy. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, you know. He blew it pretty badly with me, and man, uh, he's said a bunch of really awful stuff, you know, in the book. And, huh? uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not never say never, but I'm not worried about it. I'm not, I don't concern myself with it. I don't think about him or Neil or I do think about Stephen pretty often, but I don't think about him or Neil hardly at all. And I'm not, I don't need them and I don't want them. I don't need right. them for money. I've got several million dollars in the bank. Uh, I don't need them for art. I'm making really good art that I'm really proud of. You are. So I don't, you know, I don't see, I, you know, I don't see the, the, the value in hashing it over again and again. It's, it's there and they have to live their lives. And if they're, I wish they would be happy. Uh, I don't, right. I don't, I'm not looking for them to absolve me of my idiocy. You can understand, man, I let all three of those guys down totally by becoming a junkie. That was, that's where I really did hurt them. Not dissing right. their girlfriend or pissing them off. I actually did harm. Uh, and for that, you know, I've apologized a million times. And, and the best apology I could make was to beat it and come up and be useful again. So I'm fine. You mean okay you did harm to the business? In other words, you made their lives well, we did harm and... to I did harm to the group. You know, I right. pretty much destroyed it right then. And we did put it back together again when I got sober. But it's I certainly, you know, hurt all three of those guys. We all three hurt each other over and over again. All of us did horrible stuff to each other. Neil's leaving Stephen in the middle of a tour. Right. Leaving in the middle of a tour? Leaving before Monterey? <laughs> he he kept ditching Stephen, you know. I, that's like, that's cold. Uh, well, you're right. We We did a lot of bad stuff to each other. And I know about all of it. You don't know about all of it, and I'm not going to tell you. But it's uh, it's history, and I'm not going to get stuck in history, man. I've got stuff to do today. Well, you know, I admire what you're saying, and I happen to agree with you. I, you know, when it comes to Neil Young, I'm a huge Neil Young fan. But you make Me a too. good point. When Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, when you brought Young into the band, you know, I think you've said and others have said that in a way, it was a use. He wanted to get his solo career going, so he joined a really successful unit. And, yeah. um, you know, and then suddenly to bail out on Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young and go solo all of a sudden in the middle of a tour would be wrong. It's just not yeah. It's not right. You've got other people. To <laughs> well, he did that to Stephen when they were on tour together. 
But, you know, I mean, he must have felt it was necessary. I don't know. I wasn't there. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm really so, happy, Howard, that you like this record. I got to tell you, man, it yes. makes me feel good. I know you love music. I do. And I really love your new album. And I was shocked because, you know, I do think that people, uh, music's really changed. You know, I thought in the 90s there was a revival. You had a guy like Eddie Vedder in Pearl Jam, who was starting to make socially conscious music, stuff that, you know, really heavy subjects, same with Grohl, Foo Fighters, this kind of thing. But a lot of the music today, and and they can all sing like Ariana Grande and these kind of people, but they, they I don't I don't know, I don't feel a connection to the music, but then again, I'm an old guy, so what do I know? But, I mean, there's, there's some songs on here, too. I, I saw you got to uh, work with, uh, what's his name from Steely Dan? Fagan. Um, yeah, on uh, Rodriguez oh, 409. Did I what tell you did that they... story, how that happened? No, how does it happen? That oh, it's a really good story. Okay, so they came and played here. Steely Young comes and plays in Santa Barbara at the Bowl. And I go down there because the, the top three guys in their road management are all guys that used to work for me. When is this? So <clears throat> they got me down there. And I'm talking to them, and, and they've told him that I used to sing Home at Last with my band. So he says, hey, want to do Home at Last? And I said, no. And I'm standing there with the whole band standing around. So I'm saying, no, I'm chicken. I don't want to sing your song in front of you, in front of this band in my hometown. No, I'm scared. And the whole band's cracking up. They loved it. And, uh, and I said, I'll sing the chorus with the girls in the back. And uh, the girls said, yay, we went. And um, so he says, what do I have to do, learn wooden ships? And I know he's messing with me, right? You know, because that's that's not in the cards. So later that night, at like one o'clock in the morning, which is four o'clock in the morning in New York time, I get a text saying, "You know, Wooden Chips is a really good song." <laughs> you think? I didn't. This is a really good song. I'm going to tell the band and the girls to learn it. Now, I think he's just fucking with me because no, he doesn't do that, right? So he says, no, I think I will. So then I get a message from him saying, we learned it. You want to come to the Beacon? So I ship my 12-string to the Beacon. I go out there and I, I walk into the 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 live session, the, the sound check, and they have learned it, and they are killing it, absolutely killing it. So that night I walk on stage and we do it and we, we nearly did structural damage to the building, man. I mean, <laughs> audience went batshit, absolutely yeah. batshit crazy. So it was really fun. It was so much fun. We did it again the next night. So my relationship with Donald really got better. He opened up to me and he's a pretty closed guy, but he yeah. opened up to me and he was really sweet. So I kept bugging him and saying, geez, I'd like to write with you, Donald. I love your music more than anybody. Steely Dan's my favorite band. Everybody knows that. Uh, and finally, he sent us a set of words. Rodriguez Tonight, which is hmm. a great set of words, a little story song. And we Steely Danned it right into the middle distance. <laughs> we did. We absolutely did. It was good. Uh, Here it is. I, it's one of the things that's strong about this record is... So he wrote the lyrics to this song, and then you and you came up with the music. Well, me and James, James, both. right? I once rode with an angel. 
What's the motivation to put out albums at this point at your age and also with the record business well, being the way it is? I mean, it's it's like impossible to sell weird, albums. Man. Uh, the, the motivation is just art now. Right. They stop paying us. You know, streaming doesn't pay us jack shit. That's how it right. is. That's the truth. Uh, so we don't do it for money. Uh, you mean it's, when, it's when they... Sad. David, David, when they stream... Um, uh, Deja Vu, okay, one of the biggest albums of ever. Uh, you don't you don't see any money from that anymore, I guess, or, or very little. Very little. Streaming doesn't pay you jack shit, man. Wow. It's like if you have a million uh, plays, I might be able to buy you breakfast. <laughs> wow, it's that bad. If I told you the numbers, you simply wouldn't believe it. So look them up yourself. If you think that's fair, then okay, we're on different sides. I I it's not fair. The level that they're doing it at, it's making it impossible for young people to get going in this business because even if they can make a record, which they got to do at their brother's house because they can't afford a studio, <laughs> even if they can make a record, they can't get any money for it because streaming doesn't pay. And it's really crippling the new young writers that are trying to come up. And there are some really good ones trying to come up. And uh, I, it, it pisses me off. It's very short-sighted. It's very wrong. But there it is. Talking about money. The, you know, the last time I saw you, I think it was at the premiere of your movie. There was a documentary on David that was fantastic. And I, I suggest you watch it. It was really good. And I was there and I was sitting behind you. And, I, you know, as I was watching the documentary, it kind of made me feel like you were going to die at any minute because they were talking about all your various health problems. I remember at one point I leaned forward. I, I wasn't sure if you were breathing or not. I wanted to check on you because I got too goddamn nervous during it. I was like, I think he just died during the movie premiere. But no. uh, you were fine. You were good. Uh, but, you know, the movie gives you that sense. But then also the movie gives you, I, I was afraid you were losing your home. You had no money. And, you know, I was touring. afraid too. But, well, here's what happened. Uh, okay. So no money from streaming. So no money from records. So then I was trying to be grateful that I could still go out and work and, you know, pay the rent and take care of my family. And along comes COVID and I can't go out and work. So what I did was I sold my publishing to uh, our pal Irving, the little big guy. Irving Azoff. Irving Azoff. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's our friend. I mean, you, you know him too. Uh, yeah. he's, uh, he's, a, he's been my friend for a long time. He gave me a ton of money. I paid off the house. You should have seen my wife's smile when I told her I paid off the house. <laughs> but wait a second, Boy, David. Like watching the sun e come up. Even being the worst of the worst junkies or whatever you want to put it, you always had the wherewithal to hold on to your publishing from all your, you know, all yeah, the way back kind of in a the shocker. day. I don't know how it that is. happened, but there it is, you know. How does that happen? How did you, like when you're in the midst of the worst drug addiction 
and you're, you know, you, 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 you need money. Hey, it did. Why? You know, my friends helped me, I'm sure. I, I, uh, I wound up with it and it did solve the problem for now. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm trying to, uh, have another career, I think, maybe based on that Ask Cross and Rolling Stone thing. I really like it. That's yeah, really I love fun. it. It's a curmudgeon's dream, man. You know, (laughs) yeah. David's got this thing. David's got this thing he does for for Rolling Stone. I watch it all the time. You can I see it on Twitter and everything. And and people actually write in to David Crosby for advice. And he even says, "I have no idea why you're asking me for advice." But (laughs) the advice seems the advice seems very solid to me. I mean, you seem wise, like this wise sage, you know. And and you even say, "Look, I fucked up a lot in my life, so." But I'll I'll yeah. give you any advice you need, and 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 there's a lot of stuff in there. But um, but but getting back to this whole financial thing, you had the wherewithal to hold on to your publishing. I've heard other songwriters say these songs are my children. They're like my children. They, mm-hmm. they you know yeah, that's how you feel. You don't want to sell it. I didn't want to sell it. Um, publishing only sells uh, has always sold as a multiple uh, of your yearly earnings, right? And the multiple has always been ten. For right. most of my life, the multiple was 10. Uh, it got up to 19. Mm. Got up to Wait 19. A I'm an idiot. Explain this to me. 19 what? times what I make in a year off right. the publishing. So, that's what, how much they were offering. In other words, and, the determined... Uh, that was, Sorry. That's a, a, it was a huge amount of money and a, a, a number of millions. And uh, I couldn't resist it. I'm in, in a situation where I was broke and I needed it and... Even if I didn't want to do it, it was the best move to make. I'm very grateful to Irving and and uh, and Olivia, the guy that uh, it was his partner, uh, for doing it. It makes sense to me at your age to sell your publish. Why not realize well, it the money? Sense to a lot of people. I mean, it yeah. made sense to Bob. Made sense to a lot of people. A lot of people are doing it. I know about a number of people who are doing it that you don't know about because it's not public what, that they did it. Uh, but it's definitely there. Yeah, Bob Dylan got like four four hundred million dollars or so, uh, something crazy like that. Just and that's not so crazy. I mean, because well, in other yeah, words, a couple of hits, you know. Yeah, I think <laughs> um, the songs. You know, the 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 songs. In other words, generate X amount of money. So when these guys buy the publishing, it's like they have an annuity. The money will constantly come in, and over time, it will pay for itself. But what about psychologically? When you sell off these songs. I understand you needed the money. It made total sense. But emotionally, what did you go through? Was it, was it one of those I don't like things? it. You yeah, don't? No, no. You, Why? You pinned it as usual. You, you figured it. Uh, it's, emotionally, it sucks. It's not, not good at all. Uh, but it solved my problem, and uh, it made me able to take care of my family, and they really matter to me, man. Uh, can you say to Irving, so, though? Can, can you say to Irving, Irving, I know you now own my children. You own my songs, and I have no right to them. But please don't put almost cut my hair uh, in a commercial for a bubble bath. You know, uh, I mean, you have no rights. No, I can't do that. You can't. I, I, with Irving, who is my friend, I will be able to do it. Legally, I can't restrain them from from doing what they want with it. You know, uh, I think I have to approve the use of my name, but the the. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I don't think right. they're going to do anything cheesy with it. I think they're going to try to increase the take. Uh, and I think that's going to happen anyway. You know, they're going to do a huge documentary on CSN. You know about that, right? No, I don't. Where are they doing uh, that? Uh, well, uh, 
Nigel Sinclair and Tim Sexton are producing a, another uh, huge doctor documentary, this one on CSN. It's going to be directed by uh, Robert Zemeckis. So uh, how, David, how can they do that without the three of uh, you guys getting in the same well, room together? Uh, they're going to have to. <laughs> Wait a second. This is great. You're telling me this documentary will be shot. You will participate in it. And the other two guys are going to have to get in the room with you. Mm-mm. No. Oh. Really? There's 10,000 hours of footage, man. That's true. <laughs> I no, guess I... no, no lack of stuff to work with. Uh, <laughs> right. And we'll do interviews for it. You know, I, I, I had a really good talk with the director. Uh, uh, Zemeckis is a very, very, very smart guy. And uh, he understands the situation, the lay of the land quite well. And uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Um, I, I like him and I'm, I'm going to help them every way I can. Because I, I can't I, help. I don't stand to make any money off it, but I, I do really like it, and I do. I'm, I'm very glad it's in the hands of people that that talented. When they put out this uh, 50th anniversary of Deja Vu, which is a fantastic compilation, did they consult you on this at all, or were you sure, left yeah, out? Yeah, of, they sent it, oh, you were. They sent it to all three of us, and and we checked it out. All four of us, yeah. And you were pleased. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought good. you did a good job. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about I There's so many thoughts I have about you. Believe me, they could do a documentary on you every week because I'm thinking about the phase of your life where you discovered Joni Mitchell. And I don't think enough is made about this, but I believe this is a real-life star is born. I don't know if you saw the, the remake that uh, Bradley Cooper did with Lady Gaga. But what you did with I Joni, did, yeah. yeah, what you did with Joni was the real-life yeah. thing. I mean, think about it. You were a, a well-established rock star who sees a girl, recognizes her talent, brings her to California, gets her a recording contract, produces her first album. It's the real deal. It's 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 the movie. It's uh, kind the, of, yeah. Uh, I think, in all fairness, I think Joni was so talented that I think it would have happened anyway. I think I, so, too. Sure but would have. But who knows? You're the guy. You're the one who discovered her. I, I wasn't like I had a choice, man. She was so good, I couldn't ignore it. Uh, oh, and a beauty. And a beauty. and a... Yeah, but I don't think that's a significant part. I think the significant part is the songs, the same as it is with us. Significant part is the art that she made. She is arguably the best singer-songwriter of our times. I, I think she's as good a poet as Bob, and she's 10 times the musician and singer that he is. Uh, and I hey, love Bob, Bob Dylan. He's my friend and I, I, I care about him. But I, I, the truth is she's much better as a musician and much better as a singer. I can't, I can't help. That makes but, her the best of us. And uh, I don't get along with her that well anymore. But I, I, I do love her with my whole heart for what she gave us. You know, I don't think anybody did, did it as well. This They've been celebrating Blue because it's 50 years since she made it. I think that's arguably the best singer-songwriter record ever made. Much better than my stuff. Uh, I agree with you about the Dylan comment. I'm I'm not as uh, choked up about Dylan as so many people are in my generation. I th- I, I am think, for his poetry. Yeah, not the music, not the songs. They're a bit tedious for me. It, it, am I uh, musically? I'm, I'm they are, but yeah, but the words, man, are freaking wonderful. <laughs> 
He right. writes great words. He's a good poet. Really good. I'm sad when you say you don't get along with Joni. I understand you guys were boyfriend and girlfriend for a while. You broke up. That happens to lots of people. Uh, I, you know, it's not just me. I don't think Joni gets along with any of her exes. So we'll see. <laughs> not even great. I still think, you know, this is why you are a hippie. Graham dated Joni. You dated Joni. No hard feelings. I mean, I get so emotionally wrapped up in women. You no, know, I was very happy when she went with Graham. Uh, I had fallen in love with Christine Hinton. And, uh, right. and uh, Graham was, I think, the best of us for her. The best experience she had with, another, with a guy was with Graham. You know, I think James was good. I think Jackson was good. But I think, I think Graham was the best of us for her. Did the, the best at being her old man. I think it's the happiest she was ever was. Do you think it's hard to date a woman like that when you have such respect for her talent that you're almost... I think it's hard. Yeah. Listen, imagine if you wrote a song, a really good song, and you sang it to her when she came home, and then she sang you three better songs than she wrote (laughs) last night. Thank you for being honest. I would find that stifling. I could not deal with that. Stifling, no, but it might shrivel you up a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it's hard to have sex with someone if they're writing that well, because you're it like, absolutely Geez. is. <laughs> Did absolutely you try to? Is. So why can't she understand that? Did you try to explain to her you're too much of a powerhouse for me to be your boyfriend? I can't no, handle it. That's I ain't going to say that. You know, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> why not? We we worked it out, man. You know, uh, the best we could. And uh, I'm grateful for the time I spent with her. She right. taught me a lot. She's an incredible artist, and that's the truth. I got to tell you, when I think of those Laurel Canyon days and I see documentaries on it stuff, it sounds so friggin' romantic to me. You, It was. The Joni, documentaries are mostly crap, though. Are they? Oh, most documentaries are, man. They're about as deep as a birdbath. They're just... <laughs> it's true. Oh, they whitewash everything. Fucking shallow. And yeah. then I invented electricity, and right after that, I discovered California. And don't you think I'm cute? Don't you think I'm cute? Yeah. I think I'm really cute. But for the rest of us, bullshit, it's a glimpse. You know? But it's a glimpse it's a into glimpse, the life. Yeah. You going over to Mama Cass's place and, you know, meeting the oh, other yeah, guys. Oh, yeah, no, no. The reality was fucking wonderful. We had a great time. But you ain't seeing that in the documentaries, man. You're seeing a bunch of old footage and people sitting around, you know, looking at each other going, uh, must have been really fun. They, they have no idea. Oh, come on. I, you know, when I think about a bunch of rock stars all in their prime with the music and hanging out and harmonizing and who knows, it was good. this guy, this guy moves in, that guy moves in, you know, blah, 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 blah. I, you know, you know what else gets me going to, well, I've heard these stories that when you guys were considering bringing Neil Young into the band, cause you want to get a harder sound and you heard him and you loved his song. So you were for it, but the considerations were maybe we bring Jimi Hendrix in. And I think about that, and that might have been so brilliant. Can you imagine if, if, if Jimmy that wouldn't have done it? Jimmy wouldn't have done it. Probably, you're right. No, he knew he knew what he was. He knew he knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, he wouldn't have done it. There were other people that we thought about. Uh, um, Love and Spoonful, uh, John Sebastian. Sebastian. We thought about John because he he was a, a dear friend of ours and really good player and singer and writer. Yeah. We thought about uh, a couple of different bass players and drummers uh, and, and stuff. We tried out different people. We we lucked out, man. We lucked out, and we made some very wonderful music. I'm I'm glad we did. But I'm really thinking about today. 
and tomorrow. Well, let's talk about today, and let's talk. The, the, what about the title for free? The new album. Well, I recorded Tony's to... song again. This is the no, this is really funny, man. Talk about yeah. breaking all the rules. I, I recorded Tony's song for the third time. This is the third record I put it on because I love it. I it's fucking great. love this song. Right. And what happened is, man, I fell in love with Sarah Jarose. Sarah Jarose uh, is uh, this little girl who came up out of the bluegrass bands. And she's one of the best singer-songwriters alive. She just made a record called Life on the Ground that's just... Is it Life on the Ground or World on the Ground? Yeah, me. I think it's World on the Ground. Uh, she just made a record that killed me. Uh, it's so good. I, I can't believe how good it is, the writing and the singing and stuff. So I said, listen, Sarah, I really want to do something with you. I don't know what but I want to sing something with you. I love how you sing. She said, well, I would love to do that. So I said, well, hmm, let's do Joni's for free because I knew she'd know it. She said, oh, I'd love to. That's one of my favorites. So I did a, rec- a, a, a version of it, sent it to her, and that's how she sang it with me. I was oh. completely blown away. It's an unbelievable duet. And uh, so I called the record that. Partly just because I love that song and partly to stick my finger in the eye of the streamers. Just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's good. You know, um, the, uh, you know, t- t- speaking about Joni, one more thing. The craziest story I heard about you guys was that you were, you were a, the boyfriend of Joni Mitchell and she broke up with you. She wrote a song about you. You were at Peter Tork's house from the monkeys and she decided to sing this song to you, which essentially said, Hey, David, I'm breaking up with you. That is, that oh, is it's even a, funnier than that. It's funnier it than that, Howard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the song she about the midway. In, she came in and she was kind of different. You know, she said, I've got a new song. And we all said, and we were all there. And we all right. said, oh, fantastic. A new Joni song. Yay. <laughs> and she sits down to sing it. And it's plainly a goodbye to me. And then she sang it again. <laughs> Why twice? In case you didn't get it. In case yeah. I didn't get it the first time. Right? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Does everyone was, in the room does everyone in the room turn to Everybody you in go, the room was going, ooh. <laughs> and who is in that room? Like who's who's in the room watching who who's in the room with you guys watching this? Everybody. Everybody, everybody and their old ladies their old man and their old ladies. Everybody. It was like twenty of us in the room. Oh. And uh it's this one. Hysterically funny. You want a song written about you, but not like this, right? I mean, <laughs> not that one. No. I met you on a midway. What a voice, though. Stood out like a ruby. In a black man's ear. Yeah, what a great blind. He's a fine poet, man. Uh, yeah, that was a, <laughs> was, was a conclusive and, and, and very definite breakup. Yeah. Yeah, that would be with my luck. That would be my luck. A woman would write a song about me and break up with me. That would, that would make sense. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> you I know? think some of the Here's other breakups were a little harder than mine. You know, her breakup with Jackson involved them punching each other. So I. Oh. 
What a life you've lived. It's just unbelievable. It really is. Pretty much. It's, Don't you think yeah. I'm an incredibly lucky guy, though, man, really, when it comes down to it? I could Absolutely. have been dead so many times, and here I am. I'm still getting to make music. And You I'm look good. Family, you look you know? really good. I'm, I'm very glad. happy, honey. I really am. I'm, I'm feeling glad. good. Nothing's broken. And uh, uh, my relationship with my family, man, is it's wonderful. It's Freaking wonderful. And uh, let's talk about that, David, for a second. So here, what most people don't realize is um, unless they're, you know, you know, they know everything about you. Your son, who you wrote the new album with, and he wrote many songs, particularly that that one that I love. I won't stay for long. Um, this kid, this is the most amazing story. You talk about luck. I mean, it's true. You do have a blessed life. This son you didn't know about. Uh, the, the, uh, you, you discovered him, what, 30 years ago, something like that. He was already a grown man. You didn't know you had a son out there. I knew he existed. Oh, you I knew did? knew he existed because his mom told me that she'd gotten pregnant and he had a kid and put him up for adoption. But you can't track him from the parent down. You can only track from the kid up. So hmm. I worried about him, thought, oh, God, he's. Lying in a dumpster in a snowstorm somewhere, you know, torture myself, that kind of thing. But he, uh, when I was, uh, when I was in, in UCLA getting the transplant, well, I was in there dying essentially. And then the, you had your liver transplant. So he, uh, I, I got a letter from his parents saying, Hi, we're John and Madeline Raymond, and we're the parents who raised your son, James. And, uh, uh, I got in touch with him and he did a wonderful thing, man. He normally those meetings go very badly. Uh, they're, you know, kind of like, well, you left me and mom. We weren't good enough for you, huh? And, uh, contentious and, and, and really bad. Uh, James didn't do that to me. He gave me a clean slate and let me earn my way into his life. Uh, and it's been, wonderful the the only thing that's odd about it is that he's the adult and i'm the kid but well the other uh, thing there was a rumor odd. i was going to grow up actually there was a rumor i was going to grow up it, it didn't pan out but but uh it, james yeah, but, is definitely the adult in the relationship and he what does that mean though david guy. david what does that mean in other words you have grown i mean up. he's you, a very adult guy and i've i've never grown up <laughs> you have grown up though you 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 got yourself off drugs you worked out a lot of your issues. You're content now. You're enjoying life. Um, you're good to your family. They're good to you. You know, I mean, uh, there, there's been tremendous growth there. And I don't think you're irresponsible, right? I mean, is there anything you're doing that's irresponsible that, that would be considered childlike? I don't think so. Yeah. Right? But James, this guy, you know. I know that he was uptight about reaching out to you because he was afraid you would think he was looking for money or looking for something from you, and he wasn't. Not at all. And yeah. And then what are what the a wonderful odds? chemistry it is too, man? Jesus, he's a good writer. Holy yikes! But meanwhile, what are the odds of him being a musician? Like he grew, he didn't know about you. He grew up and became a musician. So I guess it is in the blood, in yeah, a sense. It is. If if anybody ever tries to tell you that it's not genetic. You send them to me. I'll 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 work it out for him. Yeah, I'll explain it for him. Yeah, it's amazing. Here's the single from. I guess they they still have singles. Um, no, I don't not know. really. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> Here's a little something called River Rise, David Crosby. It's light in California. The voices are speaking low. And the wheels line up. Point the direction they want to go. The cold is hanging on now. The heat will be here soon. And those same old thoughts coming back around like a black moon. Let the river rise, open up the skies. Not gonna wash away. Let the walls come down, turn around into a fortress. Let the river rise, open up the sky. Time won't slip away. Let the clock run out, don't care about it, not today. The golden lights around it. With. Who's Ooh, doing the God bless music? Michael McDonald. Yeah. That was Michael say, McDonald. That's yeah. got to be him. Yeah. Oh, what's man, it, it like to? Uh, what is it like buddy. to sing with Michael McDonald? In other words, you're so used to uh, Graham and Stephen and Neil or whatever. You know, whatever. It, now, when you have to harmonize with a guy like Michael McDonald, what's the difference? I'll tell you, okay. I'll tell you what it's like. 
I've said for probably the last 10 years that the two best singers in the United States of America were uh, Stevie Wonder and Michael McDonald. Stevie's kind of petering out now. He's getting old and he's he's not as good as he used to be. So I think Michael McDonald is the best male singer in the United States of America. I don't think anybody can cut him. Where and is he, though? Where, I mean, that you he don't is see my him. friend. Yeah. That he's my friend and he is my buddy, man. We go out to dinner together and we, our wives love each other. We love each other. He's a wonderful cat. Uh, family guy, really nice cat. Uh, singing with him, I don't think anybody can do it better. I know a bunch of really good harmony singers, man. I, I work with them all the time. But uh, I don't think anybody can touch him. He's just such an unbelievably talented singer. And he's my friend. It was really nice of him to do it. Can he? Can you tell him what you want, or you just have to let him do his thing? I mean, you can't direct him. You can. Uh, it's there's not much point because he already knows. <laughs> you can tell him what you want, but I don't. I I say this is the chorus, Mikey. What do you think? And he goes for it, and that's what he does. He, he's you got to remember, man. This guy was doing choruses for Steely Dan. Yeah, you know, uh, he's, uh, tremendous he's talent. Serious. He's serious. You love uh, branching out and singing with other people. I know when you put out your solo album years ago, you were working with Jerry Garcia. I mean, you've worked with some good people on on, on your solo material. Um, I'm trying to. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm thinking Jerry, right? Um, Jerry's yeah, one. Phil Collins, another. Uh, yep. A lot, a lot of. I've been really lucky, man. I've gotten to work with a whole bunch of really talented people. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. Uh, had. You know, Knopfler played on my last record. There, there, a lot of really nice people have contributed to our stuff, and and probably going to happen some more because I I have people still that I really want to work with that I love very much. You said that like when you put out your first solo album, people used to just wander into the studio, and then you would grab them, and they would. That must have been an amazing time, you know. They would just well, you would just do your thing, so to speak. With them. It was a peculiar situation, man. You got to remember, we had been in that studio, Wally Hyder's, doing Deja Vu. Mm. And in the middle of that, uh, my girlfriend got killed in a car wreck. Right. And I kind of went down the tubes. I, I didn't know how to deal with that at all. And uh, when we finished Deja Vu, I didn't know what to do. And so I stayed in the same room, in the same studio because it was the only safe place I had. And Garcia and uh, the others all came knowing that. And they knew that mm. I had a bunch of songs. And so that was how I stayed alive, was we, I would sing them a song, and we'd start fooling with it, and we'd turn it into a record. And that music saved my life more times than once, man, but it really did save my life that time. There's no question. Music and friendship saved my life. Yeah, I mean, when you're going through the loss of your girlfriend who who, who died in a horrible car accident, um, man, uh, you know, the, the fact that your friends come by, I guess these were songs that they didn't use on Deja Vu that you put out on right. this. Because, well, I only know. put two songs on Deja Vu because there's four writers, right? Yeah. So, uh, I, and you're in a band with Stephen Stills, man. You better come up with some good stuff. <laughs> right. Uh <laughs> <clears throat> it uh, it was uh, 
kind of uh, just a piece of good fortune that it came out as well as it did. It came out wonderfully. It's a wonderful record. You know, I'm yeah. very proud of it. Uh, it's come. It's reaching its 50th birthday, too, and I guess we're going to do uh, some kind of release on that uh, with maybe some additional stuff, you know. Right. You know, I was thinking, there's only one thing you shouldn't be proud of, and that is, again, I'm going back to this Rolling Stone gig you're doing now. You said you advised people not to get a prenuptial agreement before they get married. You said that it takes away from the romance. And um, do you think now in retrospect, sitting here, was that good advice to give to your audience with Rolling Stone? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Yes. Uh, for this reason, you can't really love somebody if you don't trust them. And what you're telling them when you ask them to sign a prenup is that you don't trust them. So those <laughs> things don't work it. together. Wow. You're saying I don't trust you, but I love you and I'm going to marry you. That doesn't work. Yeah. All right. Listen, if that's what you think. But, that's you know, you've think. also given some very good advice. Listen to this. Going down on women, not gross. You need to return the favor. <laughs> women have orgasms and you need to find the fun button. Sex advice. True. Yeah. Absolutely so you true. look for it. You look for it. You go for it. You look for that little sucker. And <laughs> where pay is attention it? to it. <laughs> Tell me uh, where to find that thing because I seem to miss every single time. I don't know what I'm chewing on. Follow the legs. Follow the legs. It'll lead you right to it. Uh, <laughs> Listen, you're an expert. What, I'm not going to argue with you about sex. Are you kidding? What about, and then you even said, you even advised men who are impotent you said you may not die tomorrow but you've got today impotence not the end of the world just the end of sex i think that's a healthy message i think that you're saying well it's what you're hearing is an 80 year old man talking <laughs> we don't have <laughs> yeah, any right. choice we don't have any it? goddamn choice it's a it's a absolutely terrible thing when your wiener no longer works believe me but you have to work it out and, and get used to the idea. And truthfully, man, what the really valuable thing about my relationship with my wife was always the, the heart, was always the love. Right. She's and a I, wonderful woman, uh, and she's been fabulous for you. But, but what about, uh, David, what about um, Viagra or the Cialis? Uh, can't something be stirred down there? doesn't work. No, it doesn't really work. I, they make you feel like you're on speed, which, of course, makes me feel awful. I don't like that. I see. Right, right, uh, right. Not, not my thing. And it, it, you know, I had more than my share, man. I think we can agree on that. <laughs> you certainly did. And, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm not worried about it. I, I'm, I'm kind of relaxed into the situation, and I'm okay. Whenever I talk about you to anybody, I always said, you know, David, with that mustache, that mustache have, must have some stories to tell. Oh, 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 Shut up, mustache. <laughs> David, one last thing. When you have these legendary jam sessions and you get together, you know, with musicians over the years, do you ever say to yourself, oh, fuck, why didn't I record that? I somehow see your life that you, because of just the collaborative aspect, you knew this one, you knew that one, they would stop by studios. Did, did you ever say, Jesus, this was the most magical night of my life and there's no recording of it? Does anything like that come to mind? Yeah, there probably are a couple. I wish we'd recorded that time that Hendrickson and 
Stills and I uh, jammed uh, at Stills' place on the beach. I wish there was a record of that. But most of the hell we was had that? tape running when most of the good stuff happened. You, Stills, and Hendrix hung out oh, yeah. on the beach. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. I was real good. Did Hendrix? What, what what were you doing down there on the beach? Like what did what were the kinds of music you were we playing? We were uh, we were smoking pot, fooling with girls, and playing music. Real oh uh, so so in a way, with girls were there, and you always do your best stuff when there are girls there to impress, right? It just kind of, of brings a yes. You're showing off. Why do you think we play music? <laughs> exactly, you're showing off Get your superpowers. Grip. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, I wish that was recorded, but uh, the truth is most of the time when good stuff was happening, we had a we had something running. When I was doing, uh, if I could only remember my name, we used to run a two-track all the time. Mm. We would just keep a two-track running with mics in, in, the, in the room and in the, uh, and in the uh, studio. And uh, so we had reference, and we would catch stuff that, you know, somebody played just in between and we say, ah, see there, that I want that. Where is all that stuff, man? You could put that out. It would be- <laughs> no, come on. No, 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 no. There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of wasted time there too. By the way, I wanted to, I'm going to let you go, but I, I wanted to stick up for you that, you know, you always get into controversy because you're honest and you said, I was never a fan of Jimi Hendrix lighting his guitar on fire. I agree with you. I I don't get it. I I you know. And and then when this woman uh, Phoebe Bridgers was on Saturday Night Live and she smashed her guitar, there's got to be some reason for smashing your guitar. I think in the in the heyday of being angry with Nixon and politics in Ohio State and what went on uh, Kent State rather, you know, then you maybe smashed your instrument. Doesn't there yeah, have to be something behind it? Nah, it's it's just showbiz, man. It's just trying to get attention. It's the same as what's his name biting the head off a chicken or right. doing Back. you know it, gross stuff on stage. You know, I, it's it's what you do if you don't have a song. Mm. You know, right now Hendrix did have songs, but at, he knew that the Who were going to destroy their their instruments, and he knew that it would freak <laughs> us out. <laughs> and he didn't want to be second best in getting attention in that show. So burning the guitar, that was brilliant. Absolutely fucking brilliant. But it wow. was all to get attention. It's all about showbiz. It's all about getting attention. And uh, the poor girl did it very badly. Uh, she looked completely awkward and unreal. And it wasn't, a, uh, it wasn't you know, a, an organic move. She didn't, it didn't feel right at all. So... I don't approve of it when anybody does it. I don't. I didn't approve of the, of the Who destroying their instruments. I don't approve of anybody doing it. It has nothing to do with the guitar. It's not me loving guitars. It's me liking songs and not showbiz. And by the way, that's what I, I. I really do agree with you. And I know people. You know, all of a sudden they were attacking you for this, and I'm like, yeah, oh come on, it's, it's the guy's opinion. It, it's ridiculous. You can stand up to it. Just, you know, they're just her fans trying to defend her, man. It's okay. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, you've seen it all. It's it's just a remarkable. Uh, by the way, so congratulations on the new album. I should tell you that uh certainly the the couple of tracks we play here, they're all really good. David Crosby's new album for free. Did you see the cover? Up. Yes. Now, hey, gr- you know, most people who are rock stars who paint are pretty shitty at it. 
if I may say so. And not that I like to criticize anyone's painting. I'm not the be-all and end-all. But uh, Joan Baez, did you say painted that cover? I did. I think it's great. I think it, it, it I looks thought, terrific. I thought, and I said, Joan, can I please have that painting? Let me buy that painting. I want to use it on a cover. And she said, oh, of course you can. We're friends. Hmm. She's a nice lady. Yeah, how, I mean, how is she doing? Does she still have her voice? She still has her voice. She's still wonderful. And she's as old as I am. When did Joan Baez paint that of you? Last year. Oh, last year. You mm -hmm. two were never lovers, were you? You and Joan Baez? No. No. How did she get away? I'm surprised uh, you didn't. Yeah, say. I don't know, because I would have. <laughs> <laughs> did she charge you for the painting, or did she just let you have it? She absolutely charged me for the painting. She did? Her. Uh, properly. <laughs> she, she had every right to charge me for the painting. The good painting. Did she? I could never charge. If I painted a painting of you and you said you wanted to use it as an album cover, I don't know that I would have charged you. I, I would I feel think funny. You would. I you think don't? you would. I think you'd reconsider. <laughs> if it was a song, would you have had her, uh, you know, would you have thought that she should be paid for the song? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I, th I was happy to pay her for the cover. I thought it was a really good painting. Uh, and I think... Joan is a really, really nice person. And believe me, she could use the money. She can't work much anymore either. And she's not getting paid for her records either. So mm. here is my prediction. You're not going to believe it. I believe you, Graham Nash, and Stephen Sills will have a reunion and you will perform again. Number one, the last time Crosby Stills Nash uh, performed together was on a downer because you were at the White House and you performed, performed like White Christmas or something, and you even said you did not like that performance. It drives me crazy. It was awful. You said it was awful. What happened is they fed uh, my monitor mixed to Stills and Stills' monitor mixed to me, and that's so Stills sang out of tune. Yeah. He couldn't hear himself. It can't go out that way. This is one of the greatest, most legendary collaborations in musical history. There will be a reunion. Young, I don't know about. Is he going to be there? Probably not. Okay. But the three of you will get together. You and Steven are still talking. Graham will come around. I might even call him and say something. <laughs> I'm going to step in here. I'm not bullshitting you. I might step in. I didn't think I would have Go to. ahead, Howard. I love you. You're going to let me do it? Sure. Go ahead. And I'm going to, I'm going to insist. What harm could it possibly do? None. Can't because get any it's all, word, right? <laughs> it's all about peace and love. That's it. I, I don't think you're going to succeed, but I certainly think it's a wonderful thing for you to do, man. It proves that you're a good-hearted guy. I am going to succeed, and it's going to happen. <laughs> and I'm going to be there when you perform. Okay. And, and then one more thing. Looking at your appearance right now, thank you for not cutting your hair. I have the long hair, too. And I feel, you know, we're holding on to a piece of history. All these guys I like cutting my their hair. hair. I, I, I enjoy it. It's a look. It's fun. Anyway. All right, you take care of yourself, buddy. Listen, you two, I'm sorry I had to make you get up so early. I mean, it's... Okay. God I get up early anyway. It, it's, it was good to talk to you. I, I I wish we could do it more often, but, you know, I understand. Uh, I'm very grateful for uh, for you setting it up for us to talk, though. I, I really yes. appreciate it. Well, I love you, and I love the new album, and, uh, you know, you're one of my heroes. So what can I say? You've always stood up Thanks, for the, on the right side of things, and... And uh, I just wish you more good health and a lot more music. And I'll, I'll take care of the rest, if you know what I'm saying.
Okay, man, have fun. Going down. You just sit Whatever there and wait. Means, yes. Have fun. No. You know what I'm doing. You get it. Rock with it. We're going to do it. You just be ready. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Everybody's waiting now. The wonderful yeah. David be well, Crosby. You guys. Thank Take care, David. David. Great seeing you. Love you. Don't get into Bye-bye. trouble. No, right. not a chance. <laughs> no. Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Bye-bye. But um, that's, that's a rock star. Look at that guy. Right? That's a musician, Howard. That's an artist. Don't you, you belittle him by saying rock star. <laughs> yeah, I insulted him. <laughs> uh, David Crosby's new album, For Free, comes out on July 23rd. Here, David, on The Bridge, on Spectrum, on other Sirius XM channels. His music's all over the place. And, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to get those guys back together. That would be a great accomplishment if well, I could Well, I was that. sitting there thinking, you know, like, yeah, you probably think... Oh, all I have to do is say this or that and tell them how important it is. Right. And then somebody lays some story on you that you can't even believe. Like, this is what? <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to remind them of their greatness. I'm not going to dwell on all the shit that's gone down. But that's the um, thing that's keeping them apart. Yeah. Yeah, but they should do a, they should do something. Well, I, I got an idea. I'm going to, I'm going to call those other two. Well, Stephen isn't the problem, apparently. No. I, I know Graham. He'll listen to me. He does what I tell him to do. I didn't <laughs> want to say it publicly, but he'll do it. He'll do All it. All right. He owes you for some reason or other. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but if I do reunite them, I insist on being put in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If I okay. pull this off. All right. All right. Because I do love that band. I remember when I when I was a progressive uh, rock radio DJ where I could play whatever music I wanted. I would play a lot of Crosby, Stills and Nash, uh, and a lot of stuff from Deja Vu with Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Oh, what an album! And and a lot of the other DJs said that I played too many commercial songs. I won't mention any names. <laughs> oh, stuff that uh, people want to sing along to. That right, bad. right, right. I got <laughs> I got criticized for playing a lot of Crosby because people would say to me. You, we're going to put you on in the morning because you play very commercial music like Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I go, but that means people like to hear it. Does everything have to be obscure just because we're on progressive radio and that we can play whatever we want? Do I need and to abuse the, the system? not time is yeah. the commercial music necessarily bad music. This right. was great music that happened to be commercial. Tomorrow, uh, we'll hear from the uh, ladies of uh, Friends. Not yeah. the dudes, just the ladies. Well, we why didn't want... is that? Well, who who cares about them? We want the girls. <laughs> the three hotties. Okay. I want them. And uh, I don't need to be slowed down by a bunch of other dudes uh, when I'm talking. And, and we're going to talk about uh, friends. I'm a big fan if of If they friends. are friends. Right. And you know, gonna... I mean, is it required that they be friends because they were on a TV show that was called Friends? It kind of is, actually. <laughs> It seems like everybody wants them to be friends. But we'll talk about, we'll find out what's going on with them. I I watched the Friends reunion, so I'm up on all of this. I'm going to watch it today. I have not watched it yet. Yeah. Yeah, You you know, you're reminded of how much that, what the impact that show had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now they say they couldn't put out a show like Friends today because it was an all-white cast. It was all-white friends. 
But I think. Well, you see what there's on television tonight. Now it's the United Nations. They have to have a representative from every group. Which is is not based in reality because um, I see people and their friends and I see a bunch of whiteies all hanging out with each other. Well, that's not the the case uh, in my case. I'm the one who actually has friends of all stripes. Yes. But nobody's doing a TV show on me. No, nobody cares about your friends. (laughs) (laughs) But. but uh, they say that they could have, you know, now, now who would they have uh, chosen to remove from friends so to that be they the could black in, friend. So they to be the black, black friend. friend. Yeah. Would it be uh, black Phoebe? Black friend? Would it have been black Monica or would maybe it have been black Rachel? Maybe, maybe black Joey. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so crazy that um you know maybe the show would not have been the same maybe it would have been an interracial show who knows you just don't know things are changing well like i said uh this is us which you love a lot of yes. diversity there i love this is us where is that it show I, every i don't know what happened it went away i don't even see it Did it? i yeah. thought it, they it, were well maybe it, they got stopped in the pandemic oh and they it wrapped up for the shoot. season Oh, they did. No, they oh, yeah, I yeah, saw that. And then oh. you saw that next season's the last season. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, that's that. right. There was some shocking things there. Yes, but uh, you know, I was thinking I've about. I've never Friends. watched that show. I was going to say to the girls tomorrow. You know, I was thinking today. I think it would be trans Joey. In other words, he he would have been born a woman, and then he oh. would have become a man. Yep, yep. And trans RuPaul Joey would have played the part. <laughs> no, RuPaul's a drag queen. Listen, Rom, you better get with it's it. It's not. I don't know what anybody is anymore, but everybody's all right with me. And and, and I think Rachel would have been binary, binary Rachel. Yeah, and she that. would be they. They so call her her. Right, she's they. Yeah, I had my kids explain that all to me uh, this past weekend. The they thing, and I still <laughs> don't. I don't know what they're talking about. That I don't understand. They. I mean, I'm not against it. I just don't understand it. You're like, what? wasn't it one of the housewives who was saying, I don't understand they because they're not plural. They're just one person. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kind of there. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand it. But uh, now, if you remember in Friends, seasons nine and ten, uh, Aisha Tyler was brought in as one of the friends. She was a uh, black friend that they had. Do you remember but that? She didn't, she, did, where did she live? I, she didn't seem to be in that one building. I building, think she lived in a separate building, yeah. <laughs> Let's see, Gary, you're good with trivia. Where did Aisha t- t- uh, Tyler live? Tyler. First of all, yeah. not only am I a huge fan of the show, but it's it's on like seven times a day on TBS, so I watch it all the time. Right. Um, Aisha Tyler started dating. She was a um, a professor with David Schwimmer, and she started right. dating him, and then they went away, and then her and Joey started hitting it off, and then she started dating Joey. Didn't Rachel, this is something that I don't understand. First of all, and I'll tell this to the ladies tomorrow. In terms of character development, not that they're the writers or anything, but the idea that Rachel for two seconds would have been into David Schwimmer was the most fucking unbelievable thing I ever saw. Jennifer Anderson is way too hot to have been sitting there dicking around with uh, Schwimmer. No offense to Schwimmer, but... But, you know, every woman knows that sometimes you wind up with somebody nobody can believe you're absolutely with well beth for example but uh <laughs> no but i'm saying in tv like first of all let me let me i'll bring this up to the ladies tomorrow 
Courtney Cox, you know, those three ladies were so hot, perfect bodies, the whole thing. And they always had boy trouble. Who the fuck believes that? That those three well, you don't boy believe trouble. it, but women, look, I, I can name you 50 billion beautiful women who are alone. They must yeah, have boy trouble. Oh, because uh, a lot of Benji wants to date them. Charlize Theron. Oh, that's right. That is true. <laughs> but maybe that's by choice. I mean, I can't believe she I can't. I don't think so. She tried out men. Let me ask you something. If I hadn't been with Beth, and you know we had Charlize on the show, do you think maybe I could have banged her? Totally. You say yes, Gary. Oh, oh my oh, God, oh, yes. Gary says yes? You, no, you guys, have, you guys have some interesting chemistry. I'm telling you. She's been mm. on like three times in the last couple of years. There's definitely like flirting that goes on. You know, really, that's for TV. Flirting. But that's TV. Mm. I don't think that girl would give me two seconds of time. I, think I, I don't like know. I don't, I don't have a vibe either way. I don't know. But, man, can you imagine if I was on the air and I said, listen, guess who I had sex with? <laughs> Charlie Theron. Well, this well is then you're not up. having sex with her again. <laughs> right, no. But I'd say, guys, you're not going to believe this. This is the greatest <laughs> thing. I had sex with Charlie Theron. And she liked it. She had an orgasm. <laughs> See, I can explain the Rachel thing, Howard. I can't explain it. Before you do that, would you make a note? Call Charlie Theron's publicist and ask her <laughs> if she would have had sex with me. If I had been she's single. probably going to write yes because right. she's a nice person. Right. And she doesn't right. want to insult you. We know the real answer. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, don't, Gary, scratch that off your agenda. I don't want to interrupt your friends watching on TBS anyway. <laughs> what is the answer, by the way? Well, I think if, if you remember the show, Rachel shows up in the first episode in a wedding dress because she left the altar at her wedding. So, right. Rachel's in a very fragile state, and Ross is a nice guy. So, that's, I understand the first time. If they get together after a while, why it goes on for 10 years, I don't know, unless she just actually likes him. But why would Ross like break up with her all those times and like not like like not even be jealous that she was dating guys? That Howard, didn't it was one sense. time and they were on a break. Well, that's because this it's guy, written bullshit. by people. It's not yeah. real. <laughs> I mean, listen, Schwimmer, he would he would have you he would have chained her to a wall and not even let her out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. If I was writing that show, David Schwimmer would have taken Jennifer Aniston, chained her to a wall, and locked her in it. Like, like, like. And Hannibal nobody Lecter. knew he was locked. She was locked in his apartment. Right. He'd have run, like, run around like he was normal and be like, not doing that. What happened to Rachel? Um, I think she moved out of the building. <laughs> That's what it would have been. <laughs> and then the fun finale, yeah. she would have been discovered chained to the radiator. So you say that TBS runs Friends like seven times a day. How many of these episodes do you catch during the day? <laughs> well, I, I you, okay, you, I know this is crazy. I record them. So there's wow. always 10 at a time. So sometimes when I work out, I watch them. Friends is on Netflix, though, isn't it? I think it, I think it was, and then I think it moved. I think I think it's one of the things that might it might be going to Peacock or yeah I know it is else. on Peacock because I see the little logo there everyone so you can watch the Friends episode yeah. there why is Gary recording them when you can get them anytime you want because at the you time like it was in the beginning of the pandemic and I just thought I was like oh, I'll just record them well I mean I start I was thinking of going back from the very first episode and watching that over again because I don't remember all the episodes. 
I probably never I watched the first episode. It took me a while to get into Friends. Yeah, I don't even remember that Joey dated um, Jennifer Aniston on the yeah, show. For, that was towards like season seven, eight. But they and never consummated. Was, no. How could Joey not fuck her? That doesn't See, even make she, sense. Because she was a good girl. I really yeah. like her. A good girl. That I've yet to meet a good girl. Her, yeah. yeah, respected her. I, and he couldn't. Do, I can't do that to my friend Ross. Yeah, but it makes bad. it seem like uh, having sex with a girl means you don't respect her. Uh, was it the bro code though? Because it was uh, Ross's ex. There was some of that. But, but Rachel, the character, was so smart. Like, why would she ever be with Joey? You're such a moron. You know. Well, apparently, a, a lot guy. of smart women dated Joey. Hmm. Over That's the course true. of the, the, the series. Right. Hey, John. Hey, Howard. Friends is on HBO Max. It is not oh. on Netflix. And okay. that's why the reunion was on HBO Max as well. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. How does but NBC not own that? Yeah. How does NBC give that to HBO? It's a whole complicated thing. Uh, HBO, Time Warner, they spent a fortune to get friends, the streaming rights to friends. Hmm. Um, wow. And as a result, it's not on Peacock. It's really, really confusing. Wow. NBC must be run by a bunch of Gavones if they don't know <laughs> that, 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 to hold on to friends. I mean, ka-ching. I mean, that must generate a tremendous amount of traffic, and it's a huge library. That's got to be a bit of a stumble, as Gary would say. Well, I think Warner Brothers actually produced friends, and it aired on oh. NBC. So, So they own it. Maybe that's mm. why they own it, but it's a it's a mess. Like it's it's hard to find out where. Just because you saw a show on a certain network doesn't mean it's going to be on the related streaming service. Yeah, what do you I'm think? often surprised by something that played on ABC or NBC showing up on CBS and they're streaming. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. What do you think? Um, what do you think on Friends, John? Because you watch a lot of TV. What do you think on Friends was uh, something that th that you didn't buy into? In other words, that uh, I, here's here's a here it Rachel, Lisa, and uh, Courtney. They were too good looking to have boy problems. I know Robin's pointing out Charlie's Theron, but they should be they should they could have fucked any guy they wanted to. But that's not what a girl considers success. <laughs> I know, but they could have gotten in any relationship. Am I correct? Yeah, the relationships were awkward. The Rachel Joey thing at the end was a huge reach, I thought. Um, you know, everybody always asked how they can afford those apartments, considering right. they didn't know what their jobs were. Whenever right. they went to the coffee shop, the couch was always open for them to sit on. Uh, there's a lot of inconsistencies within the show. That's a good but, question for the ladies. How was the couch always open when uh, you, the same couch, that same prime spot at the coffee shop? Now you guys are looking too hard. <laughs> Howard, Howard, the other big thing that they talked about, forget about that there were no black characters on the show until season eight or nine. Right. There weren't even black people walking the streets of New York. Like the people there weren't black the, people in New York until. There were no black people That's in right. New York. A lot of people don't realize black people, black people, black people didn't come into New York until much later. <laughs> uh, Kathy, you're on the air in Massachusetts. Hey now. Hey now. How are you? Listen, Howard, long time, love you to death. When you interview Charlize, I get so excited because the chemistry, I don't know if hmm. you're aware of it. She gushes. 
there there was a time, and I actually listened to it a couple times. You said to her, "You light up the screen," and she just goes, "Oh, boo!" It was the cutest thing. I, I definitely think she has a crush on you. Who None doesn't? of these actresses uh, ever looked at me, but I got news. I think I got it all figured out. You just tell them you light up the screen, honey. And I think <laughs> I think that's the move. That's the line. <laughs> I would say to her point blank. Listen, if I'm your boyfriend, I'm going to tell you every day you light up the fucking screen. <laughs> you <laughs> you can expect so a lot of that with her. You were so. Right. Oh my God! You were you were very romantic with her. I I, I was God damn right. I was. That's right. I was seducing her with my my charm. Thank you, oh, Kathy, you did for me saying too, that. So. All right, bye. Oh, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go beat off. What the hell? Oh my! Why not? What are you, what are you talking about? You heard me. <laughs> hey, Ralphie. You really want to say? Hey, Here's now. Ralphie. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Uh, uh, I I totally buy, I love Friends. It's like maybe my favorite yeah, comedy too. ever. I, I rewatch it and fabulous. I totally thing. buy that relationship. And there's even that which great one? episode. Which one? Rachel and and, uh, and Ross, Ross and Rachel. I mean, it's hmm. just it it's like she falls in love with him. He's out of love with her, but it's just like and he gets totally paranoid. There's a great episode where he's like you know jealous. So. You know, he knows he's out of his league, and he does because uh, she's way know. too hot for him. No, he knows she's way knows. too hot for anybody. I mean, she's right. like, know. you know, but that's a girl. Girls, girls like. Uh, I mean, he's not a bad-looking guy, so I buy everything on that show. All right, fair enough. Trying yeah, to create. I think controversy. that Howard wants a fantasy. Uh, they were shooting for reality. Well, listen, look at real life. Jennifer gets uh, Brad Pitt. Um, and and he leaves her for no, Angelina but that, Jolie. But, that, but look at the but, but look at Justin Theroux. Look, she can get any guy she wants. You're going to go with David and Schwimmer. Where is Justin yeah, but, Theroux right now? Well, she. Well, I don't know. And That's wait funny. a second. This is right. this Rachel is just some chick living in the city. There's a hundred million hot. Oh, chicks living stop in the it! City. They don't look like that. Well, they don't look like know. that. But you're proving and, uh, my point. These women don't yeah. stay married. They don't stay in relationships. No. I'll tell you this, man. I thought by like the second or third season, they, they were shopping for those women at Baby Gap. Those shirts just got tighter and tighter and tighter. Man. They were <laughs> That's like, true. That was <laughs> something that was, um, they were smart on that show. Yep. They oh, all oh wore God. tight There's... clothing. All the girls. A... I'm going to ask them about one... that tomorrow. Were yeah, there's this one episode uh, with Court, Courtney. There's this one episode with Courtney Cox. She's like wearing yoga pants and a a crop top, and her breasts are huge, and her body, and she's just like dancing around for no good reason. And it's like, whoa, exactly. And that was, and that was like every week. I got to ask him who dressed you, and did you guys ever like say, hey, wait a second, why am I in lingerie here? This uh, is the wrong size know. by like eight sizes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like, do you ever say this isn't my size? And they go, no, 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 it is your size <laughs> for TV. It's your size. <laughs> Look, David I gotta got tell you, I was David watching. David got Jennifer. I don't think Jennifer wore a bra in a lot of episodes. Oh, well, right? She was in a Princess Leah outfit. She was in a Princess Leah bikini. Yes. Right. What episode was that where she wore the the Princess Leia bikini? That was where Ross... They were making lists of who they would fuck or something, I think, or fantasies or something. Ross talked about his fantasy, and then she was kind enough to do it for him, dress up as Princess Leia. Oh, <laughs> so it wasn't a fantasy part section. She actually dressed up as Princess Leia for him. Yes. Why don't you ever dress up as Princess Leia for me, Robin? 
I could care less about your fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> Howard, the other thing that I was had the other thing all I was angry with, over there. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I was had trouble with on that show was um and even though they do I, I mean I guess it's just a joke, but to believe that Courtney Cox was ever huge and fat was a really tough right. 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 Well, that, that, that was showed her. Yeah. yeah, you never saw it. <laughs> no. You know what yeah, by I get, the way, I mean, that's come a, on. That, but but she does brilliant acting with that fat Monica, yeah. who I love. I think it's I thought funny. she acts. Yeah, it's funny, and she acts totally different. It's like you could do a series, Fat Monica. Could you pitch that to her? <laughs> well, that girl. First of all, you know she never could have been fat because there's not an ounce of cellulite on that body. Let's be honest. I mean, that girl had just the. You know, there's no, there's nothing that indicates formally. You know, yeah, from I've the met time people, she first danced with uh, Bruce Springsteen to friends, right. there was no period where she was but ever listen, fat. You know, in reality, you've seen <laughs> former fatties, and they look great. You know, they look, but then they get in the bathing suit, things start to fall apart. Very you know, few it, can pull it off to actually right. look like they've never been fat before. Not that's a stress right. mark on her. What was great about that is she wasn't just kind of fat. They made her huge. <laughs> yeah. She was like, a, she was like, um, like, Gwyneth Paltrow uh, and Shallow Hal. <laughs> yes. Shallow Hal was one of my favorite movies. Gwyneth Paltrow and Jack Black. That is the greatest fucking movie, Shallow Hal. I watched it again the other day. Yeah, I got to watch that. That was great. Oh, so good. And Jack Black is a genius. <laughs> I mean, it's just so good. And the, that fat suit on Gwyneth Paltrow is just. It's too much, man. It's just the best. But um, trust me, if Monica grew up that fat, there's no way that that body that uh, Courtney Cox Would had. Would snapped is, into that shape, right? No. I don't care if she worked out for a month. <laughs> a I mean, month. A t for 10 months, for, for 10 years. <laughs> you know, she didn't have any uh, skin flaps or loose skin. No stretch marks on her belly shirts. When she put her yeah. arm up, there was no flabbiness over here. You know, she looked good. That's right. Gary's right. He's right about that. Mm -hmm. Let's say hello to Marianne from Brooklyn. Yes, Marianne. Howard, I love you so much. There's only Thank one you. pot and you're the lid. It's you and Beth. One sock, one shoe. You guys yes. are made yin and yang. You go yep. together. Uh, yep. I, I just adore you as a couple, Howard. I think you're amazing. Oh, there's uh, no doubt. Post, wait. Yeah, right. No doubt. Forget Charlie and Sarah's no, I'm Forget saying it. there's no a way. radio show. No, I, no, I no, asked no. Gary. Uh, we didn't. I know. Uh, Charlize oh. is not trying to break up anybody. I'm not looking for Charlize. I got my my prize is Beth. But I'm saying to Gary, if I let's say in an alternate universe, I didn't know Beth. And here I am lonely and single. But I have. I could I have uh, been with Charlize. Gary is telling me yet, but he loves his boff. So much. Now, Howard, that, I agree. Everybody wants you. Everybody yes, wants yes. you, including... I told that to my Howard, psychiatrist, was, and he told me I was nuts. I said <laughs> to my psychiatrist, <laughs> I said to him, you know, uh, being famous is great. You can fuck anybody you want. And he said, that's ridiculous. You can't fuck anyone you want. And I was like, no, that's what happens when you're famous. You're entitled. And uh, he goes, no. And I went, oh, yeah, you're right. And then I gave him the list of people who wouldn't fuck me. And he was 100%. <laughs> I came back to reality. <laughs> That's right. Go back to that list, Howard. They want to fuck you. Believe me. Thank you. Fun, Thank Howard. you. He was, was jealous. A, get rid of that psychiatrist. There was a list in the paper <laughs> the other day of, of celebrities who wanted <laughs> to have sex with their fans, and they were they hooked up. Imagine me and you, Howard. 
<laughs> Let me tell you, honey. If I had hooked up with you, I would have. I would have rocked your world. <laughs> I know you would have, but you're rocking best. And guess what? That's There's right. More Helen tote totes available. I bought four more. All right, I'm- all right. It's for charity. I could go on Beth's Instagram, and uh, there's a tote. I I made a painting of my cat Helen, and there's a tote, and it's great, and it's all money for charity. That that's uh, okay. You know, Thank one you, thing Marianne. I was wondering about with uh, David Crosby, he said they are probably going to do something for Deja Vu because it's turning 50. But how it are they going to do that when they don't talk to each other? Do they just not? No. Do they, they already put out. Let me let me step in here. They they actually put out a 50th. Uh, it's actually the first, 51st anniversary of Deja Vu. When it was 50, they put out a uh, compilation that is so great. You should listen to it. It's all like um, demos and deja vu and remasters and stuff. And it's if you love that album, it's really terrific. Uh, so that came out already. What okay. he's talking about is he's saying that there's going to be a Crosby, Stills and Nash um, documentary. A documentary? Yeah, that's coming out. Um, oh, but, uh, Arnold. Uh, but if Arnold, they do do anything with any of their other albums, wouldn't they yeah. talk to each other? That, that's what I wonder. That That's what I was wondering. Um, by the way, Arnold Schwarzenegger just wants to say two words about David Crosby. He uh, he loved hearing him on the air and wants to uh, Howard, go. I love yes. this interview. You know, David had a secret send that he didn't know about, and so did I. Now I feel like we're soulmates even more. You know, now, when you started to cry. You knew about your son. Come on. Oh, but come on, this is all because it's kismet, Robin, kismet. It's meant to be me and David forever, Crosby and Arnold. Our lives are intertwined. When you started to cry, I started to cry. And then my donkey and my pony, Lulu and Whiskey, started braying. Oh, it was a mess over here. Oh, Well, God, I'm glad to... I, you know, I didn't know about your musical taste. I'm glad you like David Crosby and uh, and, and Crosby, Stills and Nash. I'm really uh, excited by I'm that. Going to do, I'm going to go listen to On the Way Home. You know, when yeah. the dream came, I held my bread with my eyes closed. Yeah. I went insane like a smoke ring day when the wind blows. Oh, I love it! <laughs> ah, yeah. You really oh, do know the word. Remember. You're a real fan. You've proven it. Amazing, I must tell you, yeah. really amazing. Yeah, your voice yeah. too. I didn't. I didn't know you sang. You, you're terrific. Yeah, you know, you... It's a lot of workout in the gym makes my vocal cords very tight. So I get a really good singing voice. Sing your uh, sing your favorite Crosby, Stills and Nash song. Go ahead. I, I love to hear. It. I came upon a child of God. He was walking along the road, and I asked him, "Where are you going?" And this he told me. He said, I'm going on down to Yas Girl's farm to join in a rock and roll band. Oh, that's good. God. Well, Thank you know you. that yes. that's a Joni Mitchell song, but Crosby still and Nash had a huge hit with it. You're absolutely of right. Of course, on yeah. of course. Yes. It's still yes. music is music, Howard, and it touches my soul. So thank you for having him on. Oh, my God, I'm still crying. Do you think uh, Gavin Newsom will be able to maintain being governor of California, or is uh, do you think they're going to have like a Caitlyn Jenner, or what do you? What, you got any? Uh, I shouldn't even this bother. This is very no. This is this is a good question, and we can talk about it another time. But let me tell you, he's in for a fight. So he needs yep. to hit the gym and start working out and listening to Crosby, Stills and Nash. That'll right. get him real pumped and win. All right. By the way, um, all right. Listen, 
Thank you, Arnold. We got to go. It was good to uh, talk with everyone. Thank you, David Crosby. Make sure you uh, check out David's album. It really is terrific. His new album is called Free. Comes out July uh, 23rd. Here, David on the bridge and Spectrum and other Sirius XM channels. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye.